Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> and the fellow to my immediate left is playing his drums, and he is uh, David Wolf, OneRadioNetwork.com. A very pleasant good morning. Hello, Mr. Wolf. It's so good to see you, man. You know, you Great and I just bump into each other every now and then. Not a lot, you know, but over 30 years, a few times, right? A few times we bump into each other. A few times. We go way back. And yep. it was great to see you. I think the last time I saw you in person was at that wonderful rally out there in Fredericksburg, Texas. Fredericksburg, Texas. Freedom Rally. Yeah. David Wolf is here. David's a cool guy. His website is davidwolf.com. We'll talk all about his website, his work. He's on Telegram. It's a great Telegram place. And, uh, I, you know, you're going to love it. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen this. I can't even believe that I'm going to do it, but I will. I went to Wikipedia, right? Well, no, I just put in David Wolf bio because I said, well, I want to see his bio. So here you go. David Avocado Wolf. This is Wikipedia. Born August 6, 1970. American author and conspiracy theorist. He promotes a variety of pseudoscientific ideas such as raw foodism, alternative medicine, and vaccines denialism. Wow. He's been described as on Facebook's most ubiquitous public figure and was internationally renowned conspiracy theorist as a huckster. Did you know all that about yourself, David? Did you know that? Oh, yeah. You know, I call it Wikipedia. It's become a (laughs) radical communist nightmare, actually. And in fact, the founder of Wikipedia and creator of Wikipedia actually says it's just propaganda at this point, which is clear to see. Yeah. yeah. But I actually kind of like it. It kind of that description, people get to that description, they're like, yeah, I probably should follow this guy. <laughs> that's how. That's how. That's where we are. He sounds like he's that's a fun guy. He sounds like a fun guy. David Wolf is here. Patrick Timponi. If you'd like to be on the show, triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. As you can see, David and I both have bad hair days every day, and we don't care. You know, it's okay. Right on. <laughs> it was just you know, it's different every day. I don't even know what to, what to say. About I don't it. It was either. Like, kind of like pushed yeah. in over here and this over there. You, you know, you've gotten more curls over the years. You know, I'd like to know the, your secret to that. I'd like to get more curls. Um, is it c- the cacao? You think it's raw chocolate gives you curls? Well, I think it's definitely clean living and clean diet for Do you, sure. Does just it really curl you? Yeah, it, it changes your skin and therefore yeah. it's just going to change your follicle and good nutrition. And, you know, you, you want to make sure you're getting the right nutrition for your body type. And so working that out over the years and, you yeah. know, I'm a nutritionist, so that's what I do. That's what you and, do. And um, I think it's working. I don't know. I still have my hair. I'm 51. Yeah. yeah. Still kind of in there. Yeah. You're just a kid, man. You're <laughs> 51. Jeez. Uh, I, I met, I, feel. I, I met David. Uh, so did me too, brother. I met David. I think it was 95 the first time at a, a private home. And now 30 books later, I looked it up your books this morning. You have 30 books, dude. I mean, what's up with that? Superfoods, eating for beauty, well, sun food, diet, like success. The, yeah, all the other ones. If you count like all the projects, I would. it's about 30. But, you know, really in print, it's nine. And, uh, you know, the, and I've got two that I've written that I have never published that I really want to publish one day. One of them is on charcoal C60 and fullerenes and that discovery. And then the other one's on the color pigments in food, which is very, yeah. very scientific. Remember, I'm a pseudoscientist like them with their vaccine mandates where you have to be quacked by their, now it's mandatory quackery. Remember the FDA was supposed to defend us against quackery, but now it's mandatory quackery. So that's where that went. All right. Hey, you know, um, let me ask you this. So what do you think are some of the top two or three or four, whatever you want to do, of things that people believe that are just not true? 
Oh, okay. Good place to start. We're defaulted into scientism. So that this is a big part of our education and our upbringing in this society. So we call it secularism, but really what it is, is it's scientism. Scientism is going to be able to figure this out or that out, or science can figure anything out. But you can't study that though, because that's not part of our religion, our scientism. So you can't study like Bigfoot, because that doesn't exist. So we can't talk about that or ghosts. That doesn't exist. We can't talk about that or um, vaccine denialism. That doesn't exist. We have to, we can't talk about that. That's scientism. So the, the number one thing that people are not aware of is that they are automatically defaulted into a religion, whether they know it or not. They think they're not religious. Everybody's religious, right? Everybody has a belief about where they came from, where they're going, what happened before they were born, what happens after they die. Those what's above their feet, what's below their feet. Those are your religious beliefs. Hmm. And if you buy into the scientism very quickly, you're going to be like, oh, oh yeah, NASA's telling us the truth, and you know the the, the, the Doctor Fauci, he's got to be correct because he's scientific. Um, and then I've been trying to blow the whistle, as you know, on this for my whole career at some level. I mean, the medical communism always <laughs> precedes the actual communism. I, I can't tell you how long I've been trying to tell people that they just wow. went right over their head. Now it's now we're getting some traction on that though. So 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 scientism. What's what are some of the other things that people believe, David Wolf, in your opinion, that just ain't so? Okay, so one of them is that what you eat. Let's say that let's say you if you ingest magnesium, that it only can be magnesium all the way through the alchemical factory of your body. Now that has been disproven since the beginning of the mineral theory that magnesium is can be changed into calcium or pushed into potassium or changed around. The same could be said for silica, for example. Silica can be changed into potassium, can be changed into calcium. And the same could be true with carbon. Carbon can be trained in, changed into silica and uh, oxygen can be, trained, can be changed into sulfur alchemically. Now, this was all pseudoscience and like totally ridiculous until the nuclear age. And the nuclear age suddenly said, oh, wait, actually, this mineral over here, like lead, could be turned into gold if we radiated it enough, we hit it with enough radiation. What's not talked about is low energy transmutations, the trans transmutation of one mineral into another in the liver, for example. And we now know this is due to enzymatic activity. And for example, when you sprout a bean, beans are loaded with manganese. They have tons of manganese. The enzyme that's triggered that converts the manganese into iron converts not only the amount of manganese in that bean, but 25 times its own content. Really? of manganese. So that means if you put it in a manganese solution and you sprout in a manganese solution, you'll be left over with iron. Wow. Where'd the iron come from? Pretty trippy. This has been shown repeatedly going back 200 years at least to Vogel and on and beyond. And it's just not allowed because it's not part of scientism. So we can't talk about it. We have mm -hmm. to create a fake reality and box everything into our fake reality and not allow anybody to go out of that fake reality under threat of excommunication <laughs> facebook jail or wherever they wherever they put you right yeah. right yeah or fact checkers or whatever their thing is yeah. it's so silly and bad it's become it's become an such an absurd fanatical religion it always has been but now it's just right in our face and i've been warning people about it and and the thing i've been also warning and this is this is something that people believe is that oh no we're actually scientific we're actually scientific we are not scientific this is a fundamentalist religion hmm. there's nothing scientific about it and people be like what are you talking about what about Fauci and all those studies it's like he's stopping the science he's there as a gatekeeper to make sure the real developments 
never happen and they're stopped in their tracks. So here's the, here's the thing that people don't know. So here's the answer to your question. Scientism is trying to stop scientific progress. I've been saying that for many years. People just couldn't understand it. Now they get it. Now it's different. But back then they were like, dude, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But now it makes a lot of sense. They're actually trying to stop scientific inquiry, scientific investigation. This is what the trust the science slogan is about. Yeah. Trust the science. What do you mean? Trust we, the don't, science. we never trust science. That's why we keep replicating other people's results in other laboratories. That's what science is about, the scientific method. There's nothing in the scientific method that says we have to stop questioning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the last couple of years, I've uh, been following the work of Lanka and Cowan and Kaufman, those dudes, you know, and the whole germ theory and no isolation. Uh, are you a germ theory? Are you still a germ theory guy? Do you think that we could actually, in your opinion, your experience, more importantly, can actually catch something and and get sick? Yes. I'm not really? a germ. I'm not a terrain theory maximalist. No, I'm not. A, like Cowan and Kaufman and those crew. And I like what they're bringing because well, we need terrain theory maximalism to balance out the, the germ theory maximalism. But I guarantee you, you or me or any even any of them does not want to be sprayed with live anthrax. That's, right, that's but that's not, not a, a that's not a really a germ thing. That's a chemical. I mean, we can take in chemicals, chemtrails, right, Dave, or mercury, or God knows what, or or roach killer, and that's a poison. But even Cowan and Lankin that say that's the cause of disease. We take in poisons, but not some kind of germ that just kind of appears just because God's having a bad hair day and we breathe that in a virus or bacteria. Well, we, we don't. OK, so this is this is important to understand. And I okay. think this is they're really on point about this okay. is they are very clear in, under, in understanding that germs alone without the terrain that's suitable food for them can be a terrain where something can happen just randomly like germs alone can't cause anything. Right. Um, right. They're, they're going to show up where the where the waste is. Um, But to to say that there are no germs or microbes or there's nothing, for example, if somebody like you see it all the time, I see it all the time where the kids bring back from the school something that gets into the parents. Next thing you know, the the kids are bringing something that's bringing the sniffles and all that into the parents. Now, today we have just gotten rid of the flu and we've just changed it to COVID-19, obviously, due to that um, magic trick that Fauci and his cohorts and communists are pulling off. But the idea that there is no possibility of any respiratory infection or a chicken pox or anything like that or anything that's communicable goes against actually the history of epidemics due to poor hygiene that have been historically recorded. I was reading the Iliad recently. There's a whole thing on there on epidemics that do that are caused by poor hygiene. Hygiene, right. Now, that means that the, the terrain is involved for sure, and t- the terrain is by far the biggest factor, and that's why I think terrain theory maximalists are doing a good job because they're bringing that in. But that's not going to stop herpes. Really? Yeah, you know, even Cowan and Kaufman, yeah. they, they, they argue that you can't even share herpes or anything. I mean, that's what they argue, and even Lanka, too. I disagree. You disagree there, yeah? Yeah, I'm not kissing yeah, anybody with herpes. I don't know about you, but I mean... <laughs> that, right? That's the thing. It's like, you're going to give somebody a big old smack kiss on a cold sore? I don't think so. Now, there, there's evidence that if somebody has a certain type of terrain, right. or their terrain is resilient, yeah. that they can fight off those things that we're calling viruses. Now, I do like what Cowan and Kaufman are doing about 
the way they're elucidating the problems with our viral theory. Sure. That's very important. Yeah. Um, the yeah. way that Dr. Hitt taught me about viruses is different from any conversation we really hear. So I want to bring that in right now. It's a pressure. So for example, let's say I'm out swimming in a lake like I was in Lake Travis recently right. out by you. And I was swimming like Travis and I was like, you know, jumping around, whatever. And a bunch of water went in my nose, my mouth and everything. Enough of the whatever's in there, amoebas or anything else in that particular sample of water to actually create enough pressure to change or alter my terrain. And so therefore, I'm not going to get like a, you know, Giardia or something like that or amoebas or something like that. But if I had enough water that I was drinking out of that lake, I'm sure my body would go, okay, that's it. And I would get sick from that. But there's not enough. So that's the viral theory that I think is sensible. There's two pieces of the viral theory that I think are off. One is that the virus alone is the causative agent. And the other is is that the virus is the whole picture. Right. The whole picture of everything that's going on. There's more going on. It, and and I, I learned from Hannah Kruger, who was my teacher. She was the great herbalist. You remember her, that little German sure, and, woman, and, and she, was German, she was in uh, Boulder, right? In Boulder, Colorado? Yeah, she was somewhere. I think Colorado. I think you're right. I think Boulder. Yeah, she was Boulder. Anyway, she she said she told me that you can't get cold, cough, flu, fever, virus, anything if you if you get the tapeworms out. That was the specific quote. She yeah. said you have to get the worms out. Now yeah. I've done that for 27 years. I'm in the middle of a parasite cleanse right now. <laughs> you've been I always a parasite. Right. I, 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 Ever since I've known you, dude, you've been doing getting rid of parasites with your zappers and everything. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. There's always a, a something on at some point. So the the other side of this that I think is really interesting about the the virus theory is is that there it's a pressure. There's a certain amount that pushes the boulder up and over the hill, and suddenly it rolls down the, into the canyon. And that's the that was what called that what hit called the your viral load. Now, does that mean viruses are not cellular waste? No. Does that mean there's no contagion? Not that either. So that's where I get into it with a little bit with, with the um, terrain show theory. Me, show, yeah, show me the virus theory, right? Show me the, yeah, I get that there's problems with the virus theory, and I get that there's like you know when because I can tell you from ten years of experience with working with Doctor Hit that what would happen is is somebody would come in, Doctor Hit would measure the in their in their nose, he'd get an angle on how much virus was in there excretions or nose mm -hmm. snot whatever and then he put that on a microscope and he go okay they're about here so then we we blast them with like eight weeks of ozone to bring the viral load down right to oxidize out that waste and when you bring the viral load down the person gets better that's a fact that's a fact what, no matter what we call the virus the virus load when it comes down the person gets better Hmm. And and we would see that with cases like this woman came in. There's two cases in my life where I've seen a woman covered with 95% of her body with herpes. Wow. And this woman who had that. And we brought her in for ozone and, and other things that we did there, including um, some very innovative therapies, IV therapies. And, uh, <laughs> she, and she got better. She got completely better, 100% yeah. better. She, she, was, she was cured, basically. So that would be uh, an explanation why some people – go around and if your viral load is high whatever that means because i'm not sure i'm really understanding it that that when flu, cold and flu season comes around that you present with this fever and all of that but that doesn't mean you caught anything right that doesn't mean well, you, it could right? mean that See, we, that hasn't they haven't completely proven their case that there's nothing communicable okay they haven't proven that case okay um, because how do you explain chicken pox? 
Well, you know, they, they claim it, it, no, they claim it's a it's a detoxification. It's a rites of passage. The kids just detox. You know, I think I think Michio Kushi used to talk about that, and and uh, what's a, his his mentor used to talk about viruses or chickenpox and measles were just detoxifications. Uh, who was the guy that that? Did the- but then the the one kid that gets it because they get exposed to the other kid, like, you know, I got it when all my brothers got it. We all got it together. It all happened at once. Um, but there could be that, a spiritual interchange with that too, right? Uh, there might be a resonance phenomenon. A resonance, see, we don't understand yeah. the complete nature of contagion. Right. But we do know that contagion, what, see, I, what I do share with the, with the terrain theory maximalists is contagion is not an issue in this day and age because of hygiene. You can't have an epidemic because of the hygiene factors of our society. So the whole epidemic idea and what the whole Dr. Fauciisms are all about is about creating this whole germ theory maximalism, which is really long ago disappeared yes, due to hygiene. Yeah. At least in at least in Western Europe, the United States, most Western countries, even most third world countries, the hygiene is dramatically improved and therefore you're going to have a much lower possibility of any contagion to say that we that can, there is no contagion i just think that's just too but that doesn't correlate with my experience okay i, I kaufman mentioned one time he, david that he said that even way back when with the spanish flu thing that they were they were trying to prove that it was a contagious thing and they were taking snot out and actually sharing with people and it didn't it didn't give the other person this spanish flu thing well, I think what we're dealing with with the Spanish flu is similar to what we're dealing with now with they're injecting it into people. Oh, yeah, they and were, that's what's they were getting giving, people, right? They were giving they're vaccines. They're injecting it. Yeah. Now, somebody near somebody who's been injected, okay, let's just, I, this is direct evidence I have seen repeatedly, they're getting reactions on their skin on the side of the bed that's next to the husband who's been injected for the COVID really? quack, quackery. The shedding idea, right? yeah. you, you've seen it. And shed, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes, pictures, like, here it is and you know i follow sites on telegram where people say look at this i got touched on my ankle right here here's the reaction that i had to someone who was injected and it goes on like that so i've had enough evidence that indicates to me there is a shedding going on yeah. and this is probably what was happening with the spanish flu back then they injected it into people and then people who were injected are more most susceptible because they were actually injected but they people have weak terrain they could slough on to weak terrain, like the, both the graphene oxide and the spike protein can show up in your breath. It can show up in your nasal excretions, show up in your um, fluids, your body fluids, both yeah. the spike protein and the graphene oxide. Was, was so that the same thing with polio? This is why too, we see like it's about a 70-30. What's that? I'm sorry. I tried to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like a 70-30. You'll see that. If we really are honest about the numbers of like people who are showing up in hospitals because they're sick, right. whatever COVID-19 supposedly is, like people who died of Spanish flu, they were injected. But they're not. But there's some people who weren't injected who are now catching it from them. They're catching it from catching them. Something. 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 Something and God knows what's now, in that, these. That could be spike protein. Know, it could yeah. be spike protein contamination. No, because that will present as a as a toxin. It's a nanotoxin. It's a nanoallergen. I mean, just to understand this, to say that germ theory is the only thing or terrain theory is the only thing, I don't think correlates to the truth because, for example, allergies, pollens cause me to have allergies. That's something external hitting my terrain that causes my body to react. Okay, so spike proteins like that. If somebody's shedding spike protein, I will react and I will react and present as if I had some kind of a, 
I would say like a respiratory virus because that's the what the spike proteins are mimicking. Remember, the spike protein contamination and the spike protein even that's in these injections comes from laboratories where no virus is used. It's all cells. They're growing cells in a bioreactor. Then they're giving mRNA signaling to those cells. Then they're separating off the spike protein from that growing environment. There's no virus involved. Now, that's how you create spike protein in a pharmaceutical laboratory. That's been going on for at least a decade. Anybody can go online right now, punch in spike protein manufacturers into a search engine, and look what comes up. Hmm. So I suspect it's possible that this whole plant was it began as a contamination of certain cities with spike protein. There was actually no SARS-CoV-2, as we know now, because they haven't been able to isolate it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It should be in every laboratory in the world. It's not. Why is that? It may not exist. It looks like it doesn't exist. So do you think it'll... When we find out that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was not the only sole assassin of JFK, we're going to then find out uh, what's really going on with COVID. <laughs> right. Good question. I don't know if we'll ever get to the real bottom of it. We, you know, we can we're, we basically look at different theories. This is another thing that that you asked me earlier about. You know, what does somebody people what do people believe that is wrong, or right. you know, is it yeah. really true? And and one of those things is beliefs. Beliefs itself. Yeah. Right. So this idea that we believe in things has got to be removed. Right. We entertain possibilities instead and we weigh out the options. So our entire civilization is based on you believe that it's weighing out the options. And these are the different possibilities. And this is the percentage of what I think these possibilities could be. 60% it could be that, 30% it could be that, 5% this, 5% that maybe. Uh -huh. That kind of thinking must supersede the current scientism that we're in today. We've got to get out of believing in things. It's it, That right there is the core of scientism. It's just another religious fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what's, what's causing so many people to argue with each other. Because, you know, I believe this and you believe that and then whatever, you know. And it's just a, a black hole, right? And we don't go anywhere except... Right, or we won't even debate. We won't even and debate. That's even, yeah. right? Oh, we can't, like, I was. I saw something that was really, <laughs> really interesting. It was some Somebody was going to debate, and, and I think it was RFK Jr. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then they decided they couldn't debate him because then they would give him a platform where they could spare, where he could spread misinformation. I mean, what kind of religious fundamentalism is that? And you'll see that the default of communism is this type of irreligious or atheistic or scientismic fundamentalism or materialistic fundamentalism that must drive a materialistic narrative. Okay, go into that a little bit more. So this is the, the one of the, the basic, the roots of communism kind of idea? What you're saying yes wow. so what what communism is is it's it's a cancer mm -hmm. and it starts in the in the medical field because medicine has to do with healing which automatically involves spiritual mental emotional and physical mm -hmm. well scientism doesn't allow that it only allows physical material and same with communism right they're the same so they have they have a resonance with each other this medicine that we've grown up with the cut, burn, poison, germ theory, uh, medical, uh, uh, medical communism, Rockefeller system of medicine is extraordinarily communistic in its 
origins and thinking. And once that's in place and we don't no longer are looking at spiritual causes of disease, no longer looking at karma, we're no longer, no longer looking at emotion, we're no longer looking at um, mental states, then we're, we're already in very dangerous trouble. And we've been there all the 20th century and before, even in the 19th century. And this is what Rudolf Steiner was saying back then. He was basically saying, we're already in the Kali Yuga. This is the age of darkness due to these materialistic explanations of everything. Spirit is discounted. Mental is discounted. Emotion is discounted. Unnameable factors are discounted. The only hyper-materialism is the thing that makes sense. But again, when you investigate that and you look closely, you'll realize that it's all a charade. Because underneath it is a fraud, right? See, underneath the communism is the fraud of them. They're, what they're really trying to do is steal your money and property. <laughs> Give me your stuff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we can't get your stuff because you won't take our loans and our banksterism and you won't do this and you won't listen to your tyrannical government. You won't do this. So we're now going to impose communism and steal everything from you, yeah. including your freedom. Hmm. And, and that's, that's like a, it's a cancer. So it's not a surprise to me, actually, that Western society ends up with this cancer, which starts as socialism and turns into communism and inevitably turns into tyranny. But don't you, I, I get this feeling that, that we can, that we're going through some kind of a golden age and right in the, in the middle of this Kali Yuga thing. Don't you, I mean, there's something going on here that's good, right? I mean, well, I think, I, I'm glad you bring this up because we, yeah. you know, we have to really look at the truth of this, which is this is by far the biggest wake-up call ever for humanity. Hello. And so, <laughs> right. you know, when, when somebody goes science denier and um, vaccine denialism and, you know, whatever their little thing is that they can't handle, what they're really doing, what they're trying to do is they're trying to spread an idea that has failed by force, right? They're trying to make sure no one can change that viewpoint or mm -hmm. no one can change their mind. So that's fundamentalism. So now we're coming out of the Kali Yuga, which Steiner says peaked out in 1899. Is that right? Sri Yukteswar also says the same, and many theosophists believe that. So we're coming out of it. Now, usually that this is, so the story's been set up. This is how a movie usually progresses, right? Act one and act two. Sure. Now we're in act three. So when we come out of this, when this thing's all said and done, when this is all over, I don't know if it's next week. I don't know if it's next year. I don't know if it's 100 years from now. I don't know if it's 20 years from now or five years or whatever. What's going to happen is that the people that are remaining standing will have actually done the most amazing thing, which is they will have been able to think differently. Think differently, yeah. That they will be have been able to liberate their mind from mental slavery, as Marcus Garvey said. You know, it's interesting you say that. I have an older brother, and um, I'm going to start crying. You know, I can't, I've been crying lately. Like, every time I turn around, I start thinking about people that... that and I start crying, you know. I just watch walking around in a mask, you know. It's just, it's breaking my heart, you know. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, but, but my brother, you know, he's, he's, he's always thought I was crazy. That's my whole life, right? But you know what? He, I'm emailing and I'm talking to him now, and he's seen that this thing is a big jam. He's seen it for the first time in his life. And he's starting to say, you know what? I'm on, they got me on some metformin for some diabetes. I don't have diabetes. And he ditched it. I mean, so it's a beautiful thing, you know, what's going on. He just threw it away. It and is. Says, God love you, you know, good for you. It's always darkest before dawn. Yeah. 
you know, we're in a major moment of chaos right now, and it might get worse. And you know, we have to prepare ourselves for it to get worse. Right. Um, but it one, will one day get better, and when it gets better, it will get better than we have ever seen. And in places like Texas, I can foresee that certain regions, certain locations. I think there's places in the old Soviet Union that will have more liberty than we've ever known. There will be places like in the, some of the states, like Texas, will have more liberty when this is all said and done than we've ever known. There'll be places in the world that will know a freedom that they've never conceived of because the the, the world communist UN tyranny will have finally been seen and driven back driven for what back. it really is, which is it's a it's a theft machine, it's a destruction machine, it's a cancer. When you say driven back, do you, do you think it's going to be we the people? Out in the streets, or I don't. It doesn't feel like David Wolf to me that there's going to be a political or judicial uh, solution to this. Is there? I mean, that these these entities aren't going to change. There will be a political solution at the when we get back to the county level for sure. When we bring it back, or even the state level, there'll be some political solutions, and we will see a drive. And I want to get into this with you because you're getting into a really important point, which is there. It's gnarly right now, but it's really good. It's really good what's really happening good. because yeah. it's breaking people out of their shells. It's getting them to think differently. Rudolf Steiner said that our entire epic, our 10,000-year epic or however long it's been since the, the flood or whatever happened, is about thinking differently and thinking creatively, right? So you can see that by the way that the system, the totalitarian system, the fundamentalism, the scientism, tries to get everybody to think the same. Yeah, right. And so that's a beautiful thing to see that and be like, whoa, I'm supposed to be thinking out of the box and developing new thoughts. And then eventually what will happen as a result of that is we'll, we'll develop decentralized governments just as we're developing decentralized finance. And I do want to get into decentralized finance with you because I oh, think yeah. that is one of the strongest – that's one of the strongest clues that things are getting better in certain areas that I've seen yet. We will, we will do that. And so, I mean, who knows? We could, we could have – we could have three or four or five states being a, a new country or different United States or United States 2.0 or some. I don't know. Anything's possible, right? Have you ever interviewed Martin Armstrong? By oh, any yeah. Chance? He's been on the show several times. He's cool. Okay, he's cool. So, you know, he's one of my favorite people. He's good. I, I'm pretty sure when I was a kid in New Jersey, we used to go to his coin shop in the 70s. No kidding. I'm positive. No kidding. Uh, no kidding. That's yeah, because I remember seeing it, and I was like, I know him from somewhere. And then, then I saw a picture of his little coin shop, and I was like, wait, we used to go there and, you know, get our little – I even think I have still have coins in my little collection <laughs> that have his handwriting on it when, you know, when they did oh, prices or what the thing was or what, what, whatever that was. Anyway, so he, he endeared himself to me early on, and he was saying for years, he's like, the United States is going to break up into three countries. Now, I was like, yeah, okay, like in 50 years until the COVID-19 stuff hit. Yeah. Then I was like, oh. And I went back and I started studying Martin Armstrong again. I was like, wait, let me see what this guy has to say. I think he's on target with what he thinks is yeah. going to happen. And, yeah. and I think I think it's I think the U.S. is going to break up. And it's, it'll be for the best, actually, because all the countries will break up. And they're going to break up most likely along traditional lines. Like in the U.S., it's going to be north and south again. And this time when the south rises again, the south will win and drive the north off because the north being the home of these for lack of a better term satanic ideals communist philosophies i mean the classes of new york city and san francisco are enamored with communism they love it they're oh. enamored with austin it. look they at austin they couldn't be more in love look with it austin, yeah 
Austin. No, Austin, Texas, all right? Many cities, even Chicago, Illinois. I mean, it's just enamored with communism. But what will happen is, is that we'll split along the old lines and then Texas and Florida will lead us out. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. We already have, have, we have some interesting legal battles in process right now in both those states that will precipitate eventually racketeering charges against the U.S. federal government. So the U.S. federal government, this is something I talked to David Martin about. And, and also one of the Supreme Court justices of Texas about, and that is, what is the best theory of, of secession? And David Martin's answer in communication with the Supreme Court justice in this particular case was that we go after the U.S. federal government for racketeering. So racketeering. the state of Texas sues the federal government for racketeering, which, is, which basically means enrolling the state of Texas into a criminal enterprise, which is the Fauciism and the COVID-19 rollout and the, the mandatory quaxinations and all this other stuff that's going on. And in that legal proceeding, there's so much fraud that has gone on, the federal government's going to lose. And so then Texas is, has standing at that point saying we're going to leave the union now florida has a similar thing going on right now where they're basically suing the federal government over these mandates and that will probably precipitate a similar type of conclusion a racketeering charge that the federal government will lose they don't have they're they're involved in criminal activity and uh, and and so what we're really seeing is most likely texas will secede from dc that's really what it is yeah David Martin's out of control, isn't he? Great, he's just amazing, isn't he? What a what a mind this fellow has. He's he's the James Madison of our times. He is. He's he is an absolute key piece of this entire puzzle. He's he's amazing. Yeah, really. thank God for him. Yeah, high, high intellectual guy. Can we take a little a commercial break and I'll sell a product or two? By the way, before sure. I sell you one of my products, go to davidwolf.com and you got all kinds of stuff, dude. Where would you get all this stuff, man? You got a lot of great products. We're back for the attack. You're back, nice. you're back for the attack. DavidWolf.com, lots of really nice, nice products. And, you know, David is not going to sell you something that is not cool, right? Do you have some a really good coffee? Because I want to... I do not. Oh, you do and not. the reason for old, the old longevity days, if you remember, those I'm guys still were buying really that coffee. One. I never was. Oh, you never still, was. Yeah, I... I'm not. I'm not happy with the way that that ended and the way that they treated me. And yeah, so I, I set out on my own again. And I'm really happy with years later now where we are. But coffee's not. You know, I'm a chocolate guy. Yeah. What can you say? Well, I put you chocolate know? in my coffee once a day, and I put the cacao in the coffee. You know, with a little maple syrup. Yeah. They call that a cobalamin nice. tonic, and it it's supposed to boost up your vitamin B12. I don't know, but you know, I'm doing about a quarter of a teaspoon now. I, I get so. I get so rubbed up. That's all I need is coffee, right? You know, I get I get excited talking to you. You know, I don't need any coffee. <laughs> it's like it's the last thing I need, man. I don't sleep what it is now. Okay, so let me do this little commercial, and this is a cool technology, David, that we're into these days. Now, check it out. This conversation goes back seven years with Doctor Patrick Flanagan. Listen. And then I discovered uh, that Hunza water also contained negative ionized hydrogen which is a source of biological electrons. When we're young, we have enzymes in our body called dehydrogenase, and the purpose of dehydrogenase is to lift off hydrogen ions from foods we eat, and and their purpose is to create NADH, which is a chemical that acts as a shuttle in the mitochondria for producing uh, all the energy in our body, adenosine triphosphate. And when people take this, it, it causes DNA repair, 
It heals the body from uh, all kinds of oxygen-free radicals. It also helps the body recover from damage from radiation. Well, we certainly want some of this stuff, right? Check out our AquaCure machine. AquaCure machine on oneradionetwork.com. Lifetime warranty. And along with a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no-questions-asked, money-back guarantee. If you don't like your results, breathe the gas, bubble the water, Listen to what Dr. Flanagan has to say about this and others. The AquaCure machine on OneRadioNetwork.com. Use promo code OneRadio, 10% discount. Can you imagine that? This, this fellow, uh, I, know, I know George, he's all over this hydrogen thing. And hydrogen is the probably the number one molecule in the universe. And we're going to talk to David Wolf about what he thinks the universe is. And oh my God, says hold on to your seats, put your seatbelt on. And... Um, uh, hydrogen is actually on both sides of the periodic uh, table. David probably knows a whole lot more about hydrogen than I do, but um, I, I've been breathing this gas for a couple of years now. It's it's called Brown's gas. It's got this fourth phase of water thing, Gerald Pollack stuff. It's cool. There's something going on here. I've uh, I've used a lot of gadgets over the years. You can imagine the potions and salves and uh, things that people have sent me doing talk shows for 50 years and. And I've used a lot of stuff, but something going on with hydrogen. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, the stars, and I don't even know what the stars are anymore, but they eat hydrogen for breakfast. So uh, check it out. It is a lifetime warranty, one year, no questions asked, money back guarantee. Uh, and that's pretty trippy when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah, hydrogen, promo code, one radio. We think that sweating is a beautiful thing. And we have the Relax Bar Infrared Sauna we've been promoting for over 10 years now. And this little puppy is cool. You can see the picture of it. You sit there with your head out. And I like to do my spiritual exercise there. I'll do my mantra or sing or talk to God or whatever. And it's a beautiful time to just be quiet. And then now uh, now that the uh, uh, weather is getting cooler at night, uh, the water is getting colder because I'm on rainwater. And you can jump out of this guy, jump in the cold water, jump back into the, I do that Wim Hof thing and jump back into the sauna and do the cold water. And boy, you feel like, whoo, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's uh, $1,295, $1,295, tax title license delivered in the lower 48. For those of you in Petaluma, that doesn't mean Alaska or, <laughs> or Hawaii, but just email me. I'll give you the best price ever. We ship them all over the world. We shipped a couple of these saunas to Ireland just three or four days ago. The Relaxed Far Infrared Sauna, twelve ninety five lower 48. No matter where you live, just email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com, and then I'll hook you up, and I'll give you the best deal ever. And I think you're going to like these uh, saunas. It's really, really fun. And then you jump in a cold shower. What's not to like, you know? Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is One RadioNetwork.com. We're talking with the lovely and talented David Wolf and uh, DavidWolf.com. It was just so nice seeing you the other day. Uh, well, it's just been a couple months, right? And then I find out you're married. I mean, what's up with that? See, look at you. She grabbed you, man. Holy cow. Right on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's at this age, geez, I mean, you know, you get to a certain age, you're like, the party's still still going, but it's easy to have somebody there with you. Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of fun. It's, so. ama- it's amazing to me because you, you were going all over the world, you're, you know, for what, 30 years. And I imagine all the cute little girls you ran into. I mean, I could just imagine, you know. 
And most beautiful women in the world. I bet you know most beautiful women in the world. So what? I mean, did I, you? I was, how did you know? Very very blessed. How did you? I mean, you know, love is. I, I always talk about this, but you just knew with this girl, right? You just knew. Well, yeah, because because she can deal with me. She can deal with me. <laughs> I'm berserk. I mean, I'm I'm up. I know. Like, I understand. You, you yeah. know, I'll sleep two hours. I'll, you know, I, I I don't go to bed. I, I just you know, I'm a berserker. Like I pouring and i'll go play the drums for three hours for four or five in the morning right you know i just kind of do what i want and so i needed somebody who knows that's how i am yeah. and doesn't expect something different do you know what david wolf i didn't sleep at all last night i, I was singing this song this morning oh yeah i didn't sleep at all last night i was doing that this morning you know I mean, I don't know what's up with that. Is there a full moon or something? I, I you know, it just—it's a new moon today. Oh, new is moon it today? So good. Yeah, you're tuned in on that. Generally, so generally, what happens is, is that new moon low tide is, and there's two low tides in a day, or in a 24-hour period, is your lowest energy of the month, and full moon high tide is your highest energy of the month. Generally, as a rule, right? Yeah, my mommy used to and tell so, me. So, but sometimes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, with the flip energy, we got I think six planets in retrograde right now. Yeah, there's a lot. That's going a lot. On. There's a lot. Okay, speaking so, of that, we're going to find out where the planets doing are. Something. Okay, two months ago, somebody sent me this video, the lost history. I'm sure you've seen it, right? Five hours. Something you've seen that one? Yes. Okay. Of course. So you know, the I British guy speaking yeah. and he, the Tartarians. Yeah. And so the I start watching this thing, yeah. and about halfway through, I go, "Oh my god." This two months ago, I'm a, I'm a latecomer, right? We're not moving. I was like, see, I always knew there was no time, David. I just knew there was no time. But then when you know that you're on this solid, flat, I don't know, I don't know what shape it is, but not moving thing, you go, oh, man, there is no time. And so I was up for about a week after that, just thinking about it, you know, just medit- contemplating on the idea that I wasn't moving, you know. It was a trip. So I've been into the whole whole stationary plain Earth thing, not spinning around the sun for a couple of months. And we've had on David Wise, you know, Flat Earth David. Uh, oh, uh, cool! Oh, he's great. He's been on, and then David Murphy, you know, David out of the UK. I don't Black know fellow. David. I don't know him personally. Cool. I know who David Wise is. And then is, Santos Bonacci, you know Santos. I know Santos really well. I yeah. love him. He's awesome. He's a trip. He's, he's like going to be on again next week. Him. And we're going to do the whole lost history with him next week. So I've been all over this. So, but you've been a kind of a, I don't even like the term flat earther, but you've been a non-moving stationary guy for a long time, haven't you? And do you remember the moment that you figured out that we weren't spinning? Tell me about it. Tell me. I know the I know the moment. The moment was, okay, so I was on the phone with Patrick Flanagan, actually. Oh, the, who we Flanagan. just had on. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, it was wonderful to hear his voice. And um, he he was he said, and and so he he's in the conversation. So he would consult with us for you know every for sure every six months, but sometimes every three months I would get on a call with him and he kind of update me on his research and science and right. his history and his life, you know, because he wanted to hand off his gifts to somebody. And so I took a lot of his gifts, actually, you know, of his knowledge um, he gave to me, and you know, including books and research and all kinds of things. And Patrick was one of my best friends, and. Um, Patrick said, you need to look into the flat earth. Now, I had seen the flat earth coming up in my YouTube search. This is back before YouTube, YouTube was a communist nightmare, them tube nightmare situation, which it is now. <laughs> and obviously, 
a plant, a, a platform to abandon. Sure. But back then it was actually functional and it kept coming up in my search and I kept looking at it going, okay, one day I'll look at that. And, uh, and, but when Patrick said, when I got to Patrick and I was like, so what do you think I should look at? And he said, yes. And so I got what, as soon as I knew, as soon as I could tell that he didn't know for sure that the earth was a globe, I knew it wasn't. Now say that again. That as soon as he didn't know for sure that the... Because I, I, I pressed him on it. And as soon as I found out, as soon as I realized that he didn't know for sure uh-huh. that the earth was a globe, I knew that it wasn't a globe. In the back of my mind, I was like, it's not, there's no way, this is it. This is, there's something crazy here that I need to investigate. So the following weekend, I was in Hawaii at that time, and all, all of us, we had all the crew there on that call, all Patrick's best friends. It was an awesome call, a, a classic for all time. And that was in uh, 2015. And then the next weekend, I flew to, I flew all the way back into the US and I ended up in Miami. And I was like, I think it was Thanksgiving weekend, 2015. And I was suddenly able to go, hey, you know, I've got some time to look into this. So I basically stayed up all night watching, you know, the videos saying like, hey, you know, that bridge that's nine miles away no should curve. be obscured yeah. by whatever, 60 feet right of water. And it's not. The the bulge of the ocean doesn't come up in between Kauai and Oahu and those kinds of observations. So I went out and I observed. And I was like, let me see if this is right. Let me see if this is correct. You put the snapper reticle right onto the horizon. You swing it from left to right on the ocean. And it's exactly flat, left to right, perfectly flat, digitally flat. Things like that. I started going, whoa, what is going on? And eventually the evidence overwhelmed my other belief systems, which it does. Nobody ever has a flat earther. Everybody starts out as a globe earther because that's what we were programmed with. But eventually you then have to deal with the fake spaced out program, which, by the way, that's what I call it, the spaced out program, because you have to be spaced out to believe in any of it. (laughs) It's so absurd and ridiculous. It was such a charade. And that's why they're moving it over to fake X. And that's why they're moving it over into um, jet blue or not blue or blue blue ocean or whatever that other guy's thing is and it's just all obviously fake and obviously a charade um but they move it into the private sphere now because they know that through FOIA requests we'll eventually get to the truth that nasa was a fraud all along and that the rocketry program was a distraction it was all a money laundering operation they're probably reverse engineering um, very advanced technology using that money. That's what I suspect in building bases in Antarctica, which, by the way, after all these years of researching it, I am pretty sure I, I've got a lot of evidence to support the idea that the Illuminati or the Cabal or the people who are running the UN in the world right now, the people who are actually running it, are based in Antarctica, about three to 600 miles from what's called South Pole Station. So uh, uh, on the other side of the ice that uh, Bird talked about, Admiral Bird talked about, there's something else over there on the other side of the ice? That's where you think they are? I suspect there is. I suspect there is. And the reason why I suspect that is I've talked to numerous people and friends who've worked in Antarctica. I had a friend who worked in Antarctica for 10 years. Hmm. And and the data shows us that the, that the obfuscation of the sun or the, the way that the sun dips across the horizon um, and the way it drops shadows at 70 degrees south latitude, 70 degrees south latitude is almost identical to 60 degrees north latitude. Now, the the asymmetry of the earth, by the way, must be a fact because there's hardly anything in nature that's precisely symmetrical. The objectification of the earth is a problem too because the scientism demands objectification. Right. The materialism demands that the earth is an object. 
But yet we have a very big problem with all forms of map making, which is there all forms of map making, no matter what you use, is always five to 10% off. Mm -hmm. How could that be if it's an object that's objectifiable and materialistically explainable? So the earth itself is a very good example of my core philosophy now, which is the earth itself and everything that has to do with this reality is part a rational and part an irrational construct. And that is the true nature of reality. So it can never be hyper-rationalized and explained. So that, that's what I've been thinking the last couple of well, weeks or so, is where is Earth? I mean, if, we, if it's not in relation to something like space, which we know really doesn't exist as, as you know, what's his name? As described, Jules Verne invented weightlessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, 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 and all book. that. So where is it? And I keep thinking, David, it's must... It's just a state of re, it's just a state of consciousness. It's just a state of it's just a state of consciousness. It's no more unreal than when we dream and leave our bodies and go somewhere else, right? It's just a state of consciousness because you can say to yourself, "Well, I had a dream. I, you know, when we dream, we're in a different reality, right? We just are. It's not your mind spinning around like Freud. We're in a different reality." And you'd say, "Well, where is that?" And you say, "Well." I don't know, but it's there. I don't know where it is. So this is just here. I mean, it doesn't have to be in relationship to anything, does it? It's just a state of consciousness. Yes, and and the way I say that is that does there that is no sense? little green man coming from... Yeah, totally, because well, let me tell you how I make sense okay. of that. There's no green man coming from somewhere over there. It's, they're not over there. They're all part of what's here. here right. It's all here. It's just, and so the interdimensionality of it is really what the discovery is. It's there's no we're not going trillions of light years. The whole idea that the stars are trillions of light years away and it's just the most absurd thing <laughs> ever. I mean, I, I could go on that the planets are rocks and all of that. It's just right. it's it's an absurdity. It's just not. Yeah. What do you, you have any ideas? What's your best guess of or research of what the moon is made out of, what the sun is made out of? But Bonacci said last time that the sun was just hydrogen. And, and the moon is, it's not a rock, and it's got its own light. It could be, who could be, it's probably a living soul of some being or something, isn't it? Something really fun. Be something like that, for sure. I, yeah. I, the moon is more of an enigma. The way that it describes the moon is really in, in, in an amazing way. It's like, it's an enigma inside of a mystery, inside of an awesome construct, inside of a light, and, you know, and it's all of those things all at once. Mm -hmm. And... I could say more about the sun because we have really good evidence of the second sun now. And yeah. there's a sun behind the sun. So there's a sun that is holographically projected into the firmament as we understand it that is what we call the sun. And the way we know that is because the sun's light that we see in the sky, the sun we see in the sky, its light is not polarizable and only a hologram has that property. Only a hologram is, has that property. So every light that's shining on me right now if I took a polarized filter and I pushed it against another polarized filter and I took it at an angle like that, eventually all this will be blocked and disappear and will go black if I'm looking through those filters. There, the light can be blocked by polarized filters, but there's one type of phenomenon on Earth that can't be blocked by polarized filters, and that is a hologram. And so the sun in the sky, it cannot be blocked by polarized filters but the sun behind the sun, where it's been filmed and studied, can be. So that indicates that the sun that's behind the sun is the real object. 
and the sun we see in the sky is a hologram that's put into our firmament. Whoa. So the firmament idea, you're, you're all over that one. The idea that it's kind of a dome thing, firmament, that all the biblical things. Yeah, there's a barrier. I mean, it's really more like a pancake because the idea would be that we can't uh, – I would say maybe the limit is somewhere around – it's somewhere between 50 and 60 miles up. Uh-huh. And then there's there's a hard and fast barrier there that we can't get through. And so the, the entire charade of the spaced out program – just it, this is why we're in so much trouble is because they've been pulling off these charades and the people running this, they're magicians. So I'm going to just read you like what I was going to publish as a meme today. Okay. They're magicians. They know that human consciousness co-creates reality based on what the mind believes to be true and real. This process is amplified when instilled in the crowd consciousness. They're projecting what they want into your mind. So you build it for them. Right? So this idea that we're on a globe spinning around in the middle of nowhere, they're projecting in it. See what their whole, the whole idea of the aramonic deception that we are in right now, or the Kali Yuga, the whole idea of it is to invert every single thing. So everything that you think is fake is actually real, and everything you think is real is actually fake. What? That's their goal. What fun. What fun. Holy cow, what a ride, hey? It's it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Here's what's here's where the ride gets really fun is when you break out of it and when you when you use the evidence yourself and you go, it can't be that. I went through every single NASA video ever produced since 1958. I went through them all. And there's a script. They follow scripts and they say the same things over and over and over again. And it, one of the things that comes up a lot, for example, is that they tell children to swallow their toothpaste. You know, there's a satanic element there for, oh, yeah, it's in their script. Um, and all of them have said it. All those actor knots have said it. And. You know, you see the bubbles in space, which means they're in a pool, and you see the fakery and the floppy door coming open on the LISS or the International Fake Station. And by the way, I have inside track on this because living near Houston now, we found out that there's another LISS that's already in a pool in Houston, and that's going to be the one that's going to be Jeff Bezos's, and they're going to get rid of the current one. So they're going to get rid of that one. You're talking about the space station, do a new one. They're going to do a new... Uh-huh. A new, a yeah, new. and it's going to be a whatever jet blue or ocean blue or whatever blue ocean or whatever their latest fake thing is. But these things, David, they're not really in space because there is no space the way... Right, they're in a pool. They're in a, they're in a pool, in a, in a swimming pool. They're in a pool. <laughs> they're in a swimming pool. Now, I've had a friend who's seen that new one in the swimming Whoa. pool already. Whoa. So I'm giving you a little inside track on this. So there's no rockets, right? There's no rockets, really. Well, they want to get rid of the rocket. That's why we have fake X, and that's why we have Blue Ocean, whatever they're called, um, because they want computer graphics. So they don't even have to pay the cost of the rocket. So they don't even want to fire the rocket into the ocean and, and may make you believe it went into space or any of that stuff anymore because that's too much money. They want to rip you off entirely. They don't even want to give you a shiny object syndrome, which is, oh, look, the rocket's launching, and all those guys are up in the rocket, and they're going to launch off. They don't even want to do that anymore. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, um, gravity. Is it true that uh, these Freemason types years ago convinced uh, Einstein and some other dudes to come up with gravity? Is it is that a pretty close? Well, th- th- these okay. So what? This is all a magic trick. So let me just let's take us back a thousand years. Okay. okay. 
I'm a magician. I'm trying to trick you into believing that what goes up doesn't come down. And that's why I think the moon and the sun and the heavens have no mass. Otherwise, it would fall down. Obvious, Captain Obvious stuff, right? <laughs> why, why is it that the moon has no mass? Because it would fall down if it did. Why does the sun have no mass? Because it would fall down if it did, like Captain Obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. So what they're really trying to do, the entire spaced out program is an old magician's trick to try to convince you that what goes up doesn't come down. Oh, what goes up doesn't come down. Okay. That's the trick. That's the trick they're trying to get. So all of this stuff that they wrap out, wrap around all these Einstein equations and, oh, well, they're fa- their reason why they're weightless is because they're falling around the earth. That's why they're weightless. And all of that scam, it, as Tesla said, no matter how much you come up with your fancy mathematics, it's not reality. It's an illusion. That's what they've used to, to deceive us. And they figured out a way to trick people into believing that what goes up is not coming down. <laughs> So you think there's been some really some some evil dudes uh, going way back that wanted to keep us in the dark just to think that uh, the idea that we're just these insignificant little nothingness, not not sparks of God, right? So we we don't know what we're doing. Well, unfortunately, I think unfortunately I think you're that's a reasonable likelihood. Now I do believe that the evil in the world and the conspiracies of the world are part of a higher mind of of a of a. Um, demonic being and that being being I like the way Rudolf Steiner described it he said what we're dealing with now is the aramonic deception the evil of it's it's the deity of evil and technology together that's the technocracy that Rudolf Steiner predicted over a hundred years ago Hmm. now the aramonic deception means that there that like God is a hyperdimensional object right everywhere at once creating all the time manifesting abundance creating surplus creating inspiration right these entities are there as corrosive mechanisms there's two of them one is aramon and the other is lucifer lucifer has to do with escapism false light um believing that you can break the boundaries like the 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 spaced out program is very luciferic because it's trying to break the boundaries of this reality now steiner says that the luciferian deception Yes, it could lead to alcoholism. Yes, it could lead to drug addiction. Yes, it could be given over your power to gurus or doctors or given over your power to government or whatever. Yes, those are intrinsic problems of a luciferic deception, but they're not nearly as dangerous as the aramonic deception, which seeks to leave massive amount of refuse on the earth. The plastics, the microchips, all the debris that's been left and will be left by the civilization on the earth. It seeks to completely destroy any ability at independent thought. It seeks to invert all ideas for that are true into falsehoods, and it uses technology to do so. This is the harmonic deception, and this is what we're facing today. Now, let me just lay this out for everybody. So what I'm saying is, and this is Rudolf Steiner's key teaching in his own words. Now, Rudolf Steiner left a million pages behind for us, so he wasn't just no slouch. Yeah. A million pages means 50 to 60 pages every day from age 15 to 65. Every single day, 50 to 60 pages of interesting and innovative information. Now, his key teaching is is that that the good or God or the cosmic Christ or the center of your heart is in the middle between two forms of evil. And these are the forms of evil that strafe off of us and strip away from our soul all that is not true. That's trippy. Wow. Right? So it perfects us. They perfect us. Right, so we think of them as evil. They're, it's really not. It's just actually perfecting our soul. That's right. It's perfecting us. 
it's making us stronger. It's helping it's, it's, us to get get awake, right? Which is why we're here, right? This is the only reason we're and to learn the truth. We're here yeah, to learn why we're here, which is what disease is. It's, it's one thing, essentially, right, David? I mean, this is why we get sick, so we can figure out how to get unsick. I mean, right? You got it. The only reason it's, get- it's a purification process, yes. and so we're yeah. going through that. We're being stripped down, and we're and we're being you know stripped away the harmonic deception. So ultimately, what the harmonic deception and the luciferic deception want in in the context of all this is they want your soul. Right. They want your soul to be in a constant loop of materialism to escapism to materialism to escapism to escapism in a lemn escape. And uh, and this is why we see that there's something about Hollywood that is selling people souls, and there's something about the soul that's become contaminated by the jabs. Yeah. Rudolf Steiner said that they will develop a vaccine that will knock the spirituality right out of you. I saw that, that article. I saw that article. We posted that article on our website. Yeah, I saw it. And it, don't you find it fascinating that? Um, all of the weirdness stuff with Hollywood and the pedophilia, and it's just all coming out, isn't it? It's just all just coming out. It's like God is saying, okay, check this out, check this out, check this out. Pretty cool. Yes, and, and see, this is, so that's the, what was the, the original definition of the apocalypse? It's the great of, of unveiling. It's the great unveiling. Like, here, look behind the curtain. Here's what's been going on behind the curtains. And what an amazing thing to see it all. And unfortunately for the conspiracy denialist or the corruption denier, they're going to have to face the music, right? And this is the thing like with your brother or my brothers or, you know, our families or they're slowly but surely facing the music. They're slowly but surely going, oh, it's this. And so the conspiracy theorist is an inversion actually of what is really going on, which is corruption denialism. Hmm. Right and conspiracy reality. Yeah, these people have more money than you could ever believe. Their entire life is dedicated to figuring out how to cheat you. I know that's hard to hard to believe, but you're going to have to believe it because there are criminals in jail for murder. There are people who um, are involved in extortion and all different kinds of mafia crimes, and there are people in the world who commit crimes. I know we we have so much corruption denialism that it's almost that people are just sitting ducks to criminality. David Wolford's with us, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Let's get into the money. Can we do another break before we do the money thing? Sure. Okay, babe. We're going to do some money. We're going to do some money thing with David. Because I know he's a crypto nerd. You know, I want to be one when I grow up too. So check this out. Previously with Peter Ragnar, who's a great example of staying young and healthy, we asked him what kinds of things he takes. Personally, for myself, I look at all of the supplements that help bolster and harmonize my hormones and you know this is both for men and and for women and uh, uh, when you go online there's so much information about that out there I have actually I heard on uh, one of your advertisements there Patrick about the pine pollen I personally take pine pollen which uh, is I think it's an amazing product uh, has an amazing effect upon the body. Peter, it's one of our favorites too. Pine pollen, any of these are thrival links. You have the pine pollen pure potency, pine pollen gold, and if you'd like to get it every month, the auto ship is the best price. Also, Stephen Buner's book, exclusively on pine pollen, is right there on the site too, Daniel's site. 
right here on OneRadioNetwork.com. A lot of great products. We've known Daniel and Daniel and uh, David go way, way back, back to uh, for, gosh, over 12 years. And good guy. Hall and Myron Glass, Pine Pollen, Elk Velvet Antler, uh, Shaga, Rishi, Fruited Bodies, Colostrum. He has a new product out of CBD thing, which is for your face and also to take internally. Um, also some digestive bitters. It's a great, uh, great company. They're good people. Uh, very solid in our, one of our um, trademarks is know the source and it's important to know the people that are behind the products uh, that, uh, you know, you take into your little Bodhi baby. So check it out. And Easter Thrival Link, OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with research scientist at MIT, Stephanie Seneff, PhD, and the curious connections between these glyphosates, Roundup, GMOs, and sulfur. So if you simply put the glyphosate in place of the glycine in the sulfur transferase, you will not be able to get the sulfate from the cholesterol sulfate to some other molecule, such as the heparin sulfate. The cell won't be able to defend itself with sulfate if it can't put the sulfate there. But it's really, really important to be able to do that because, for example, cholesterol sulfate, it delivers sulfate to the cells. But in order to deliver it, you've got to take the sulfate off of the cholesterol and put it on something else. And that's what, where the sulfur transferase would come in and wouldn't be able to do that. I know, it gets a little geeky, but the point is that without the proper amount of sulfur in the body, and now it's being disrupted because of the GMOs, even more than what it was already doing, it's, it's not good. So we think that this uh, sulfur product that we've been promoting is really helping people to keep everything kind of working well because this whole sulfur cycle is kind of God's way of keeping the bad guys out and exiting the body. And because our sulfur is absolutely pure with no additives, it's different from almost all the other ones out there. You can click an order, three prices, right on our website, oneradionetwork.com. Know the source on One Radio Network. Yeah, baby, David Wolf is with us. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm having so much fun. This is more fun than, uh, you know, just, Me too. just great. Just really great having you. David is hanging out uh, in Texas now, and that's where your company, DavidWolf.com, located, right? And you have shipped products out all that's over. That's right. We, we moved to everything to Texas. And I, I got to tell you, Patrick, um, this has been an incredible, like, change for me because I've been in business unfriendly environments my whole life. I realized that Ontario, Canada, very business unfriendly environment, socialist, communist environment, um, California, socialist, communist environment. They're, they want to get rid of you. They hate business. They want to destroy you. Um, Hawaii, total corruption, third world business. Isn't that a shame too? And just, it's so, it's so sad, but to be here and be in a business friendly environment, has been like, oh, Oh my God. What? <laughs> I can't even. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time comprehending it. Yeah. Actually, because it's been so adversarial. Just any time you, you deal with the government, they're coming. They want your money. They're going to try to rip you off. They're going to put this regulation on you. They're going to regulate you that way. They're going to do this thing. You didn't do that paperwork right. Here's more bureaucracy. Texas was like, oh no, you don't need that here. I was like, oh, <laughs> you don't need that. Oh, 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 we don't do that in Texas. Oh, it's been. <laughs> Yeah, but you were up. I mean, you had a home, right? And then in, in, uh, in Canada, and then you lived out in California. You were, yeah, you were in socialist land for a long time, weren't you? You really were. Yeah. Yes, and and just dealing with the insanity and the corruption is it's just 
you when you enthrone a massive bureaucracy like this, which is the deep state, that's what the deep state is. It's the bureaucracy. You can't vote out Fauci. You can't vote out the FBI director. You can't vote out the CIA guy. You can't vote out any of them. Each one of them is a country unto itself. They're completely out of control and totally power hungry. And they're absolutely enamored with communism because it's totalitarianism, which they love. Like the whole intellectual class just loves that totalitarianism. And they're going to get it too. That's why I'm in Texas because Texans will fight. Californians won't. Oh, yeah. I mean, could you imagine? um, I I just can't see any kind of even a bunch of Texans just standing up and saying, okay, yeah, just, you know, they're not going to do it. You know, they're just not going to do it. They're not going to do it. You know, Biden could probably bring in the military and say you you can't secede. And guess what? You got uh, probably a hundred million. Or I don't know how many millions Texans saying no. Well, guess what? We're gonna. There's over a hundred million guns in Texas. Is that right? Yeah. Over a hundred million. Well, now just think about what that means because there's only really five million active duty military, right? It, and and that includes everybody, right? The whole military industrial complex, about five million people. So right in Texas, we've got a hundred million guns. That's a real problem for the new world order. And then they're running right into the second amendment. And that's the last thing that's going to save us. Actually, they've gotten our freedom of speech, right? Facebook took it away. YouTube sure. took it away. Google's using it against you. Twitter took it away. So then what? Well, the second amendment, the second amendment is going to save us. Well, that's why those dudes 250 years ago knew what they were doing, man. They they knew what they were doing. <laughs> that's no accident. That's the Second Amendment thing, boy. Whew. I don't like to talk about this kind of stuff, but oh, my my goodness. Uh, David, what well, was... Well, let's what, get into... I want to get into one of the great solutions that's, that's yeah. proof, by the way, that things are getting better. As they're getting worse, they're also getting better. So I want to just... Well, let's get into that proof. I think that's so cool because that proof really helped me to deal with what's going on right now. And it's it really helped me to direct my focus into solutions. Okay. Yeah. Anything you want to go, anywhere you want to go, man, I'm with you. Okay. So the, the birth of the cryptocurrency world and, and the cryptocurrency trading, and then eventually the development of multiple platforms and tiers of coins, the real strong blue chip coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum and Cardano and Polkadot and BNB and those kinds of coins. And then there's the whole altcoin world, which are, you know, some of the up and comers, which are, you know, always interesting to watch and fun to bet on and that kind of a thing. And then there's the world of the um, privacy coins like Monero and and Pirate and what cryptocurrency is really supposed to be, which is a, a private blockchain. And then there's the world of the NFTs, which is really this incredible new art world that's developing out of the crypto space. This is all happening since 2009. Just boom, out boom. of nowhere. Yeah. And then here comes the real evidence. The real evidence of a great breakthrough is the DeFi world, the decentralized finance world. See, the, the all of this problem that we're going through right now and the whole harmonic deception and the whole materialistic drive of the last 500 years and just this whole religious fundamentalism of scientism that we're in is driven ultimately by banksters, right? The banksters are at the top of that chain. They IMF, World the Bank. They create the yeah, crisis. All of them, right? Yeah, the yeah. IMF. Okay. All of London and people running those enterprises. It's not just the Rothschilds. There's families and families and families that don't aren't even named. Yeah. Like, look who the Rothschilds are marrying into. So then you'll start to see who the banksters are. And this this discovery of of that the banksters are the problem means that we must have a financial solution. 
to save us. Because if we can't get to their, their fraud, which is the core of their fraud being charging interest on money, taking that interest and using it to corrode the, in, in, the institutions of freedom. Right. That's basically what they've done. They take their interest, let's say if you get a mortgage, you're paying the, say you get a million dollar mortgage, but by the end of 30 years, you've paid $2.2 million or something. You didn't pay the million dollars, you paid interest and then some. So where's that money going? Well, it's going to these banksters who use that money to corrode the institutions of freedom. Now, here's where DeFi comes in. You can actually go take your cryptocurrencies and you can pool them with other people and then people will come and borrow that. They come and borrow yeah, against I have that. No so idea. so I want to really understand this DeFi thing. So you're saying okay. that there's a thing called DeFi, and, and explain it again. Now walk us through slowly. So you could buy some Bitcoins or Cardano, whatever you want to buy, and then you would pool them into one, some kind of ex exchange called a DeFi? Yes. And then what happens right, like there? Pancake swap. Pancake swap? Okay, then what happens there? Yeah, so pancake swap, instead of pocketing all the money like the banksters are doing and right. using it against you right that's what we're dealing with right. we borrow the money from them and they all the while they're using that money against us yes sir they're using it to fund courts or the the entire communist system essentially right so what what's going to happen well if we stop borrowing from them and we start oh. borrowing from say a DeFi site where instead of a, a central bankster at the top, it's decentralized crypto berserkers who've pooled their money and then you pay interest to people like us. Okay, so say I have 100 Bitcoins, I'd be really rich, but okay, so I'm rich. I'm rich now, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, so and then I put my 100 Bitcoins in there and then people will borrow some of that money and pay interest on it and then Patrick will get some money back for, for being in this deal? You got it. That wow. means you're going to be getting interest on your money. You're going to get interest you've never seen before. So you'll get, let's say on Bitcoin, there's places I can show you, even on PancakeSwap. I should pull up the site. I got I quit out of the internet because I wanted to have a good bandwidth with you. Yeah. But you could go, there's places where you can take Bitcoin and you can do what's called wrapping the Bitcoin so that you can put it onto a platform where it can earn you 24% interest, for Whoa, example. come on, 24%? Yeah. You oh, can't sure. even get 2% yeah. these days. I mean, you know. You can't get 1% yeah. from the banksters. Yeah. Um, but that's really not that good of a deal. I can show you places just on PancakeSwap. Anybody can look at the pooling and farming opportunities. You can see, wait, 56.87% yeah, interest. Where's that money coming from, David? Well, where is that money coming it's, from? It's coming from the interest that the banksters would have gotten that you're now getting because somebody borrowed the money from PancakeSwap and those pools of money rather than going to a bank. Wait a minute. So somebody, instead of going to Wells Fargo, they went to PancakeSwap. Yep. And, but they would only want to pay 5%, right? Or whatever, 4 or 5%. So how do you get to 50? Okay, so let's say. Okay. Right. This is how. Because over time, the mortgage that you, let's say you borrowed a million dollars. Right. What did you pay back? $2.27 million, right? Right, right. So there's. That's over a hundred percent interest. You see oh, that? Okay. All right. On that money. All right. Okay. Okay. So, so in in lending and borrowing, this is where the power structure of our whole society is hinged. And if we borrow from them, the banksters, 
and the International Monetary Fund and the IMF or the IMF or the IMO or, you know, whatever, whatever. these organizations yeah. are, you know, them all around the world or the Central Bank of London or Wells Fargo or Chase Bank or Bank of America or whoever, you're funding your own demise. Huh. Wow. So because those are criminal enterprises. So in the DeFi thing, They're, though, so if you put your bitcoins in there, you got to leave them in, correct? You, you have to leave them in there. For a certain amount of time, okay. you have to leave them in there. Mm -hmm. And then you can pull them out. Or while they're in there, it's earning you that interest. There's a lot of good opportunities where you can just put it in for three days and pull it out immediately or put it in. I mean, I, I just leave it in because it keeps compounding and growing and compounding and growing. And this is not a this is not a like a good idea or like something that could happen. It's happening it's to happening. me and been happening for the last year. This and I'm like, uh oh, this is are this there, is wild. Are stuff there different here. different DeFi platforms? Yes, there yeah. are. There are numerous DeFi platforms. And some of the best ones are like PancakeSwap is an excellent one. Alpaca Finance is another excellent platform. Another platform that I use and I like a lot is uh, Harvest. Harvest.finance is also interesting. How do you know how do then, you, when you do research, how do you even know what you're reading is accurate or, or you know, how can you you know, in your in your in your heart, say, "Wow, that's a good place." I mean, you just got to do the research. Huh? You have to do the research. Be willing to lose money. Be willing to get ripped <laughs> off a little bit here and there by yeah. doing experiments. And yeah. I've I've lost. I was estimating last night. Actually, it was more than I thought. In the, my whole history of crypto, I've lost about twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, just by making mistakes and doing things that were stupid and stuff that got lost on the blockchain that I, you know, was trying to make a transfer that wasn't probably a smart idea. And and I'm learning the boundaries. And so that's the that's this is the price that I've paid to teach you the way not to make those mistakes. No. We, we all do that, right? So, so there's going to be a time then I suspect uh, then we will just be using like El Salvador cryptos to buy stuff and the dollar will just go away, maybe? Yes, that, that's coming. So what they want, so this is where the confusion is. People go, oh, no, no, the government controls Bitcoin. They do not control they Bitcoin. Do not. No, they don't. And that's, that's why they desperately want to control it because they are control freaks, right? That's their <laughs> very nature. So what they're doing, what the Bitcoin system and what the Ethereum system and what the Cardano system, what the BNB system, the Binance system, what it's doing is it's showing us a system of finance that's decentralized. And then it's not only decentralized, it's decentralized to a point where we can have a site where I can take the interest because I participate in a pooling of money that people are borrowing from. So again, instead of the banksters getting the money, you get it. The cryptocurrency investor gets it. And these are enormously powerful amounts of money. I mean, it's 100% interest in a lot of cases. I've gotten 100% interest for months and months and months on many cases. Is that right? So interesting. It, yes. Interesting. And this is the thing that I, that's why we do our Black Sheep Summit. We do our crypto summits because mm -hmm. we're just showing people like, look at this, look at that. Now, this, this is something that the governments want to copy, right? Governments always want to copy what the developing and, and innovative capitalistic markets are creating. And so what, and by the way, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. That's how I would rank myself, meaning that I like capitalism as long as nobody's in control of it. Nobody's going, well, we control the money or mm -hmm. we control this or we control that. When it's decentralized, it really is working. It's really effective. Okay, so then the next piece of the puzzle is, is that the government wants to have their own setup and those are called gov coins. 
Yeah. So what or they're the trying Fed to do coin, is they're right? trying to they're obfuscate. They're going to do the Fed coin. The Fed coin, you mean? The Fed yeah. coin, right? Yeah, Fed coin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fed yeah. coins. And so they're trying to obfuscate this Bitcoin stuff and go, hey, you know, this is all government. We're, you know, government's all in on this and this government, this government, that. So people get scared away from it. Right. And then at some point, they're going to do a bait and switch where they're going to get rid of your dollar and they're going to convert it into a Fed coin. Yeah. Right. And and that is the end, by the way, because at that point, you're you're in a state of total tyranny. You froze up. Can the you froze up a little bit? Your your internet. Am I back? Kind of, sort of. Can you turn off stuff there and give me a little more bandwidth? I did that. Okay, that got me out of that. Okay. Um, So on your website, you actually have uh, little summits. DavidWolf.com to teach people about this stuff? Yes. Yes. Talk we, about it's that little Black bit. Sheep Summit. Black Sheep so Summit. So what we do there is we actually we actually take you in and show you how to do it step by step. So I share screen on Zoom and I say, okay, here I've got a trust wallet set up here. Here's how I go onto a DeFi site, Pancake Swap, for example. And here's how I put money in that trust wallet. Oh, that's or, great. Or, Good cryptocurrency. For you. Good for you. It's so every little step of the way. So we just show show you the and the, we show you the easiest bets, some of the best things that are online. For example, one of the best ones for people who are a little bit more sophisticated listening right now is Auto Cake on Pancake Swap, which <laughs> is the top of their pools, and that fluctuates between ninety and one hundred ninety. I've gotten one hundred percent interest in the old days. You get one hundred percent interest. Now it's generally down about seventy, eighty, ninety in that range, and it you you buy cake C A K E. And you deposit it on that site, and it earns you compounding entry 80 Now, that's easy. With that, over time, you start to go, my God, it's growing bigger and bigger. At any time, I pull that out and I um, and reverse it the direction that I came in and convert it to U.S. dollars if I wanted to or convert it to Bitcoin if I wanted to. And that's really easy where, you know, people are always worried like, well, if I go in, can I get out? It's like, yeah, you just back your way out and you go out the way the same way you came in. Um, and pancake swaps really good like that because it's very, it's a huge site. There's at least, I think it's, geez, I'd have to look, but it's somewhere around six to $12 billion are on that site right now. Wow. Wow. So you could actually, you could buy a, a home through this. You could Three or four hundred thousand dollars for sure. You could you could take where these pools are offered. For example, is on usually on, not on like you could get you can borrow the money on on Alpaca Finance. Remember, I mentioned that right. site um, on Pancake Swap. I've never gotten into borrowing money from Pancake Swap. I, they, I think they're pooling it and making it available through other sites like AAVE. Go to like a bank. I want to borrow ten thousand dollars at a certain rate, right? And that's that's the where that's available. And these pooling sites like PancakeSwap and Alpaca are, again, dealing with billions. I mean, I think the DeFi space is for sure, it's got to be around 50 or $60 billion industry right now. Wow. wow. I'm still kind of losing you a little bit. Can you give me any more bandwidth at all? Turn stuff off? Turn off your lights or something? David Wolf is with us, Patrick, Tim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why because our bandwidth is really huge here right now so it must be something there in, in Houston um, so if you went on and borrowed money from one of these guys now what percentage would you pay about any ideas interest rate he froze up he froze 
froze. Can you hear me? Well, you froze up again, but now you're coming back. <clears throat> Let's look at a. You got, you got people downstairs watching Gone with the Wind or anything? Can you get them off your internet so we can finish? Anything? Can we, can we maybe back off phones off the internet for a minute? We're just having low bandwidth issues. Thank you. Okay, so we're gonna, we're Thank you. We're back up. Yeah, so, so I was just wondering the, uh, about what kind of interest rates in general are people getting now or borrowing for a home, say, you know. Okay, so let's. I'm going to go to AAV aave.com okay. and that right now their market capitalization is 19 billion and um so they you can borrow at 30 11.9.33 3.16 3.30 4.26 and 7. these are just some of the things i'm reading right off the site 8.70 depends on what you want to borrow against um 0.77 percent interest rate 6.65 percent interest rate 0.76 interest rate 4.21 percent and there's many options and so you just have to kind of pick what fits your particular needs. How do they of, of how do they do it, David, with uh, credit and all that to to know you're going to pay? How do they, do you have to go through all that too, just like a regular mortgage? I suspect you do because um, I have never done it. I've never borrowed a large amount of money. Maybe I should because I'm you know I'm operating and I'm running a a products business and it's nice to have a little bit extra money or have a little bit of, of loan so you can make sure you keep all your inventory in stock otherwise sometimes inventory goes out right. and it takes a minute to get it back and then you lose that period of time so I, i'm thinking about it and i will do it just I, just because i've got to test it out for people but you can see what how crazy it is actually that number that market size right now is uh, 26 billion, 26 billion, 640 million, 827,000, $318, $345 is changing by the second, $398, and it's changing by the second. So that's how big that space is. That's how much money's moving there. Now, to give you an idea of what the banksters are to us, is that this is a small thing, DeFi, still a very, very small part of the overall picture of finance. But it's an up and comer, and it's showing us that whoa, we can take our power back. Yeah. We can take our power back and our entire banking system. And now suddenly, there's a whole new system. This is so promising and so amazing. And not only that, it's a whole new system that we control, and it's called governance. When you're on these sites, what there's a thing called governance. Now, let's say you're a real big player, and you're like, look, I've worked my way up to a million dollars on. Um, one inch or another DeFi site, I can participate in governing the site because I'm a big player on that site. That's called governance. And you'll see that on some of these sites so that you can say, hey, I want it to go this direction or let's do this or let's do that. Let's change this around. And you've got thousands of people governing these sites now that are, you know, they're freedom fighters. I mean, ultimately this entire DeFi market was created by freedom fighters. Wow. No accidents do, I mean, right? I mean, one of the great spiritual laws, in my opinion, is there's always a way, right? There's always a way that we're going to find a way out of, out of the dark, right? There just is. You know, spirit just, There is. Poof, there's always a way. You know, 2008. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. I agree with you. Yeah, 2008, yeah. Bitcoin, right. poof, yeah. Boom. Boom, yeah. Out of nowhere. And then they showed that you could have an unhackable, decentralized digital asset. Well, that led to the, that paved the way. Now we're at DeFi. Where's it going next? Well, I'm always trying to stay right at the cutting edge. Right. Like, where is this going? What's happening next? 
And and I think it's possible that we, if if in fact they're going to give a UN seat to Amazon or they're going to give a UN seat to Facebook, which by the way they're asking for a You're seat. You're kidding at the me! They're going to put them a seat at the UN. These guys. Yes. Whoa. That's what. Well, that's what they're asking for. I suspect they're going to get it. Wow. And then what will happen is is that will all the crypto DeFi world will. That's a big, powerful enterprise. We will all collectively finally have a seat in the world somewhere. Hopefully not the UN because the UN has always been a strategy to overthrow the United States. That's really what been what the UN has sure. always been about. Always been about. Right. Yeah. Always been. Um, it's always, but there will be some governing, you know, some world body where we can get together and, and discuss freedom in the future. And when the UN finally topples and we get the right thing in there, that will, it's, that's going to inevitably happen at some point. There's a movie there somewhere, right? I'm a screenwriter, and boy, there's a movie there. Gee, you know, there's so many movies that could be written now. I've been learning about screenwriting, David, for 15 years, and I'm just starting to get a little good at it, you know, a little good at it. But in uh, uh, Hollywood, is you know, imploding, right? Every time you turn around, something stupid is going on there. So we're going to be able to get our films out and we make everywhere. Just there's ways, there's ways to do it now. Shoot, man. Absolutely. And and that's why I like these decentralized platforms, right. the telegrams of the world, the, the stuff where you can actually get your message out, you can get your communications out, you can get your films out even yeah. through these. I've got my 1111 Iceland film primarily out through telegram. So completely outside of any of the any of the systems that are in place, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the um, Amazons, the the even the the um, YouTubes of the world. Don't even use any of that. It's all done through, we get people on Telegram, we communicate with them, go here, you can watch the film, and it's just completely out of that whole system. That feels really liberating. Oh, that's wonderful. Good for you. Uh, are you are you able to, to get back the money you put into that thing? I mean, you're going to be able to make a profit on it? The capitalist that you are? I hope so at yeah. some point. It, yeah. I spent a lot of money on it, and, and it was worth every penny just from the experience sure. of it all. And we have made money. We make money every month from the film, which is really nice, and I'm really excited about that. But the the reason why we made it wasn't didn't have to do – it wasn't of even course. entrepreneurial. It was just – you know, we just wanted to, to get a message out. And Yuri Storr, who was my partner in that particular project, he's really an incredibly skilled – cinematographer so uh -huh. i will say that anybody who watches iceland 1111 you will have a cinemagraphic experience that rivals anything put out there in uh -huh. the world including bbc planet earth who yori worked for them and uh -huh. uh, and the guy who made bbc planet earth is also a friend of mine a neat guy um, but it's on that level of cinematography i've not seen the movie I, i'm gonna so i can just find it on on telegram just go on your Telegram thing yes. and, and find a lot of It's in my Telegram feed. Okay. Yeah, I put it in my Telegram feed on the regular. So that's the easiest. 1111iceland.com, I think, is the is the website. Give us the uh, um, the elevator pitch on 1111. You know, the elevator pitch of a minute when you when you're in the, when you're in the elevator with Steven Spielberg and he says, well, what's your screenplay about? You tell him. What's 1111 about? It's a, a lot about an elevator. It's a portal. 1111 is the portal. So there's two portals every day, 1111 a.m., 1111 right. p.m. Yeah. But I mean, so, but I mean, the, the movie is about. Um, it's about being in hypersynchronicity. It's a lot about Rudolf Steiner's teachings. It's a lot about Charles Fort and his, hmm. the irrational nature of reality. There's always one side that defines the other. So we can't say that the world is logical without 
realizing it's also illogical. Yeah. They define each other. Yeah. We can't say it's rational without saying it's irrational. They define each other. So there's a big theme of that through the film. Mostly, mostly it's, uh, it's eye candy with really fascinating messages. And one of the messages that I have in that film is that one day travel will be restricted. I predicted that right well, before it happened. And Nostradamus, dude, because who knows? They're even talking about interstate. I mean, they're not going to pull that off, right? They'll not be able to pull off. You can't travel in between states. Not, not, in, not in the red states. Not in the red They're not going to do that in the red. I mean, these are, see, this is where this is going. So just as a little, like a little help for people wondering, like, how far are they going to push this? They're going to push it all the way. Yeah, they will. They're going to push it all the way. So are they going to try to limit interstate travel? You bet. Are they going to try to make you uh, injected to go anywhere? Yep. Are they going to inject you every flight at some point? Yep. Um, are they going to? Are they going to? They're going to go to the logical extreme of the insanity. So what ends up happening is, is this forces a secession event around the world. We're all, you know, what's going to eventually happen in China is it will break up into its own civil war at some point down in the future. Um, what, what will happen to the United States is we will separate out as different countries and. Uh, the Texas Florida axis will never go along with what these totalitarian concepts are because we're kind of ethically and, and morally opposed to tyranny. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas San Francisco is not, New York City is not, unfortunately. And so we're going to see that play out. Then this is why I'm recommending for people if you want to make a move, now is the time. I made the move out of California. I made three big trips there, got everything out of there, just got it all and and got it over here to texas and i'm so happy that i did based on what's happening in california even right now yeah if you have a girlfriend in minneapolis you know bring her down now because you might not be able to get there from here <laughs> you know it's like you know i i had iceland on my notes and uh years ago you talked about it and actually mentioned that uh um you could get tap water just tap water i mean really pure water i mean is it that beautiful the tap place? water spring water is it really a, a cool place i mean would you ever leave there would you ever leave this country and live in some place like well, iceland? i might i i have lived in iceland off and on over the years i uh-huh. spent i mean i used to go there three times a year I, I absolutely love the culture and the people there and and the landscape and i just love living there actually so the answer is yes like iceland the, oh, so you know if you had to if you had to go somewhere it would be an option you think Yes, it's an option. I, I, I love Iceland. I also love Mexico growing up on the border, so I could end up in Mexico. And yeah, I'm, I'm you know, obviously very concerned with what's happening in Canada. I'm very concerned with what's happening in the blue California, Hawaii, Washington State, Oregon. I do see that what they're trying to maneuver us into is a, is a surrender to the CCP, which is really a surrender to the world communist government. Interestingly, I don't think that the CCP is going to be going for it in the sense of like, Eventually, the CCP turns on the New World Order, huh. and uh, and I could see that that st- you know the, in the same way that they exported all our jobs and industries to China over the last seventy years, and that's been a World Order plan all along to create China as a world power. Eventually, they're going to look at China and go, China's too powerful. We have to weaken China, and they're going to do strategies to weaken China. And we're already starting to see that rift between George Soros and the CCP. If you've been noticing that, yes. Indeed. Well, we are in a brave new world, brother. Let's do a couple other emails before we let you go. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Well, we, we're going back to the, uh, the star stuff. Just, so does David Wolf think that the stars are attached to the firmament, as some people have said, or are the stars outside of the firmament? 
Great question. No idea. No idea. Yeah. No idea. I don't, <laughs> Who knows? No right? idea. I don't have enough evidence. The, the stars are definitely there. I, I like the way that Rudolf Steiner said it. He said that they are colonies, intelligences. That's a good way to describe it. So they're colonies of intelligences. So they inform us here on the earth. What's the nature of their movement? Are, are they in the shells like the medieval people believed? You know, one hmm. firmament sits on top of another firmament sits on top of another. I mean, that may be true. That's possible. That's true. And are they holes poked into the top of the firmament so we can breathe? Maybe that's true too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, here's another one about the the flat Earth stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, I wanted to, I had the video and I and I somehow deleted it. Rand Earth, Rand Paul was on uh, on you know in the Senate talking to this fellow. Did you see that? And he mentioned Lucera, flat Earth yeah, like three great. times. He said he said I was so stoked to hear that. <laughs> it was just great. I heard that and I go. Thank you, Rand. Yeah, man, we're flat earthers, baby. Oh my God, that's great. Yeah. Um. What was? Where did I? Where? I lost it here. Um. I had it here. Oh. Um. Oh, what does think? What is? What does David think about the work of Crow Seven Seven, who you had on yesterday? Oh. You guys, you got a little story well, with him. Crow? This is really. I've got a, quite a story to tell on this one. He's great. Um. I've been a fan of Crow since the old days, since the lunar waves. I found his footage way back in 2014, I think, yeah. online. And, and so I've been a kind of a fan of Crow 777 ever since. I was one of the first paid members of his site when he set up a site. I was like, we're going to support this guy. Let's, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll sure. pay, we'll support Crow and Jason and, you know, and get, and get this other. So I've been a member since the first 10 episodes of, of the Crow 777 radio podcast. And eventually, you know, as, as, as Crow developed and I was like, oh, this guy, he's getting into health more now. So, I, I you know, I'll, I'll, Rubino sent him a note and was like, hey, um, you know, David Wolf wants to connect with you when it's time and you're ready. Let us know. And we sent that to Rose. And, and I think, yeah. you know, Rose, I think I it's Jason's Rose. wife. Yeah. And, and, um, and event like six months later, all of a sudden I got a response from Crow. And this is years and years of following Crow. Now, I've, I've every time I've been listening to Crow, I've been thinking all those years, you know, so it's been about, it was about, I don't know, six or seven years leading up to this, that this, I know this guy because his voice sounds super familiar. He's from San Diego and I just kept going somewhere. I know him, but I couldn't place it. So imagine hearing this guy's voice all those years, not being able to place where 24 hours before talking to Crow for the first time, direct one-on-one all of a sudden it hit me. It hit me and it hit me like right out of the heavens. I was like, oh. So I got him on the phone. I said, you went to so-and-so high school. And he said, yep. And I said, you knew my cousin, Saeedini. He said, yep. And uh, and I said, I knew the night that Saeed died and I know where that is. And I, that's that's the street I lived on. And um, and I said, oh. And he, and, I, and he said, I'm married to, you know, your cousin Saeed, was, is, his, his girlfriend was is now my wife. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? And so we had known each other as kids. And those films that he made, those great films like the lunar footage, and definitely you want to see his film, Shoot the Moon, were all filmed right down the road from my uncle's farm out in East San Diego. And in those skies, the skies that I grew up under, that was a shocker, truly right. a shocker. And it bonded us and connected us because my, my cousin Saeed died in a tragic car accident in 1996. Um, on the highway 94 in San Diego. A lot of people know that highway. It's a very dangerous highway. And they were, they, and he knew him. And of course his wife, and when I got his wife on the phone, I was like, oh my God, 
because I knew her. I remember her. She didn't remember me. She remembered my uncle's house, but she didn't remember me because I was a little kid at that time. And you know, and she was a couple of years older than Said. He was like sixteen. She was like eighteen. So we're always like, oh my god, you you know, say this girl, you know, this is unbelievable. You know how it is when you're like twelve years old or sure. something. Yeah. And um, and that's Crow's wife. Isn't what a great story. I mean. You can't even make that stuff up, can you, David? Well, you That's just, just incredible. You just Tru- truly incredible. You just can't make it up, boy. Just, but you know, I've got this theory that every person that we meet, you know, at the post office or the gas station, that we've met them before. I just and it, and I think that every one of them, if we really listen to them, has something to say to us. Something I don't know, just a word or a saying some information that we need. That's why we're running into them. That's my theory. I like that. I, I, I think that that theory of life mm-hmm. is really a valid one and really good. That there's, I have learned so much over the years by just listening to what people were telling me. So people come up right. to me at the end of the event and they right. just tell me something. I would fill in this gap of this whole other thing <laughs> I was studying the day before. Sure. Or been studying for 10 weeks and it just all suddenly was like, interesting that you should say that okay cool and then that would stack onto something else that i'd hear the next night and it would go on like that so a really big way to learn is of course to read and i'm a big reader and i believe in reading and right now i'm reading uh moby dick so you're reading moby dick this is what a classic classic, yeah a a classic and i'm really excited about it yeah um but i'm a big reader but you know that's just one way to learn another really great way to learn is to just listen yeah listen to what people are telling you yeah now my on my spiritual path, the Ekankar, they call it the golden tongue wisdom. And it's this idea that everybody has got something to say. Otherwise, you wouldn't be running into them. Why are you running into them? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. There's no accidents, right? There's just no accidents. That makes so much sense. That's, Doesn't it? That, that is the... That's see that that kind of thinking is where we're going. Yeah. Right? This is the yeah. new world that's coming in yeah. where we... Where we trust our intuition we trust our instincts we use intuition we're connected to the source and our creator and god and right. we have that connection happening all the time we know that god speaks to us in riddles um, we know that the real science is the scientific method which can be used on anything to study any subject we want to and there's no limit to it and all of that's this is what's being birthed right now and the birthing process is a very challenging process oh, yeah. isn't it, it so, can hurt sometimes you know <laughs> it can hurt sometimes and, can and there could be there can be toil and trouble, but in that process, we'll come out on the other side, and, and humanity will go on, and, and the, the there will be hope will rise again. I woke up uh, uh, Monday morning, and I just had this clear hit by oil futures. I mean, it was as clear as a bell, right? But of course, you know, all of a sudden, I did something and started doing the show, and I spaced it out. And then, you know, as my broker says, five dollars later, you call me. <laughs> five dollars later, you call me. I have never heard that saying before. Said, yeah, well, I've done that before. So, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Boy, that information is there, isn't it? Boy, it is there. All we have there. to do is listen. Yeah. Here's another we're, one. We're in a in a magical time. We're oh. in a magical time. We're we're you know the old world is dying and and it it dies from complete and total fundamentalism and control. Yeah. Right? You yeah. know the tyranny of that that engenders but what's coming on the other side is a whole new world of privacy rights whole new constitutions there will be new thomas jeffersons there will be new innovators there will be new george washington carvers there will be new george washingtons there will be it, we're going to have innovation at every level so we're going to be seeing soon the the birth of 
some of the greatest freedom fighters ever in yeah. history. They're, they're probably alive right now, born onto this earth right at this time. And this is going to be a, an amazing moment for the great freedom fighters and, and the, the entire history of freedom. The, this system that, that's you know contracting and trying to pull us down, it's ultimately not creative, and I that's know. its downfall. I mean, know, that's that thing I was telling you about Steiner. You know, when yeah. Steiner talks about that cosmic Christ, that middle, that's creativity. It's funny you mentioned the, the kids coming in, the souls coming in now, and you know, I still want to get married and have a, a couple babies. You know, and uh, I'm gonna. I don't know who, but I'm gonna. And and um, and people say to me, I can't believe you want to bring children into this world. It's so bonkers. It's crackers. What are you crazy? I think just the opposite. I think there's souls that want to come in and do stuff. And hey, I'm I'm here. I, I'd be a good dad, you know. What the hell, you know? I'll have some fun for 20 years and take care of them and show them the ropes, you know. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't even think about that. Do you know what I mean? Hallelujah! I love that attitude. Good attitude. Oh yeah. Now, I, I personally, I don't. I, I mean, I if a child was put into my life and I had to take care of him, I'd be certainly happy sure. to do that. Right. Um, and maybe even many kids like that. I don't want to have children because I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to attach my karma to reincarnating here. I want to go. I want to reincarnate somewhere else. Right. And uh, and that's that's my thinking on that. And it's been my thinking all my life. So it's not anything new. Like people always like, like where they were getting married and having kids, and I was always like, what. You know, it just never crossed my mind. Well, I'm with you. I There's no way I want to come back here. And I, I know that we all, I just know in my heart, David Wolf, that we all have the ability to uh, not come back here when we do the work. When we really go for it, you know. As yeah, long, I, I right? agree with that. Yeah, there's just no way. You don't yes, have to I, come back, you know. Yeah, this this is this world that we're in. And I think it's where this world generally as a general rule is, is getting closer to the central sun as a friend of mine described it, the sun behind the sun, uh-huh. which is the, which is the abode of Jesus and Buddha and, you know, the, the God and all the great masters. And so the closer we get to the sun, the more that we have those wonderful energies that are associated with truth and liberty and freedom. And the further we get away from it, the more we get into the, the toil and troubles of, falsehood and and deceit and uh you know the fauciisms of the world so i i think that from here you know the kali yuga is a a point away from the sun or at least the central sun and i think from here we continue to move closer and closer to the sun in this realm of whatever the earth is and this is a it's a it's in the future will be better i think we're we're actually born in a very very disturbed time uh, Alice wants to know really enjoying the show thanks for having David on bring him back soon uh, uh, last time Santos Bonacci was on Patrick's show she, he said that the uh, sun was mainly hydrogen does David go along with this theory appreciate it hydrogen um, well, it, we it, Patrick Flanagan taught me many years ago that hydrogen falls into the sun and this is one of the things you're talking about with your hydrogen water hydrogen machine, falls right? into is the that, sun Hydrogen falls into the sun. So you're asking me about gravity, and and the other thing I didn't say about that is that it's you can't have gravity without levity. One defines the other. Gravity needs certain things, and levity requires certain things, and that's a wonderful discussion to have. Yeah. Right. So, for example, why the why the bark on a tree? Why our skin? Why are we separated from the atmosphere? What is going on inside of us that's different? We tend to assume that what's outside of us is how it works on the inside of us. And 
we're hermetically sealed. It's just not true. Um, the suctional forces are what's at work inside our body. That's levitational forces. That's how a redwood tree can move water from its base all the way up to its needles at two or 300 feet up. How's that happening? It's through suction. So a, a negative 16 atmospheres is developed at the very top of a redwood tree that pulls it and pulls that up. And when we disturb that, when we have gravitational damage or oxidative damage, then the levitational forces are hindered. And then that's when things get, we get into trouble with aging, heart attack, yeah, stroke, problem with our joints, arthritic problems. And so hydrogen is the ultimate levitational substance. Oh, and that's why I'm such a fan of hydrogen therapy. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, cool. And, and so this falls into line, does it, David, with the Cowan's idea that the heart is not a pump? And that the blood vessels and, and the, the pollock thing, and they're just going up through the veins, right? Yeah, the, the, the idea that the heart's a pump is an absurdity. It makes no sense at all. That's like a turkey baster idea. I wish I had a turkey baster nearby <laughs> or something similar, where you have this big old bulb, and you're trying to push through right. a capillary that's in your eyeball. You, it's not, it ain't happening. That's not a possibility. That's not happening. Right? What's happening is, is it... Poof. That's what's happening, right? You're, that you're you're basically it's the your pleural, right? This this negative pressure behind your lungs is why you can breathe. Without that, if that gets punctured, that's why you could die if if your lung gets punctured hmm. because that negative pressure is broken. Same with a fish; it's the swimming bladder. It's called a swimming bladder. If that swimming bladder is punctured. That fish will float and it will die. Uh, same with a, a a bird. A bird has a has a flight bladder. So even though we look at a bird and it's oh it's flying because of its wings, that's not entirely why it's flying. It's a negative pressure. It's being pulled up by the negative pressure inside of itself. Huh. That's a there's a bladder. It's it's a called a flight bladder. So this and goes along these, with the same idea. Aspects. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like this is why a, a bird is does have some similarities to a, a like a balloon. Ah, uh, yeah. Speaking of balloons, uh, here's a uh, George wants to know about satellites and are they really just balloons? Are they just balloons, these satellites? Are they just balloons? They're high-altitude drone balloons. They're high-altitude drone balloons. And they lock in with each other like a grid. So the, now you can find this out by just a little bit of internet research. We call them satellites, And this has always been what they were. There was never any satellites. You can never find a picture of some satellite orbiting the Earth or anything else. Um, the, by the way, companies that make these kind of equipment that sit on these riggings that go up in these balloons, companies like isis.nl and oh, isil.nl curious yeah. worth looking up those companies i did a lot of investigation on this for many years and then the camera systems that sit on the bottom of those riggings that are high on those on those high altitude drone balloons those will give you if you study those cameras you'll get certain data and you can figure out high how high up the actual satellite is and one of the things i discovered is that they're up around 50 to 55 I, I got to look it up. It's either kilometers or, or uh, miles, and that means they're in, they're in this area called the stratopause. Now, the stratopause is when things warm up to the same as it is down here on the Earth, same temperatures at oh. a certain height up. I think it's fifty miles. I got to just uh, let me do a quick. I got to just matter. do a quick thing on that because so, it's been a while. So while you're but doing that, then so Elon Musk and his all these satellites to do this internet project, he's obviously a globalist or an actor. And he's just going to put up balloons, right? He's just going to put up balloons and say that they're it, rockets. It was col it's kilometers, by the way. It's Kilometer. kilometers. Um, yeah, it's yeah. He, they're putting up balloons. That's exactly right. Now, how do I know that? Well, because I have certain connections, and they have informed me that the amount of helium 
being demanded by blue ocean or whatever that one is that the bezos one and the amount of helium by fake x the amount of helium by nasa the the has increased radically during the pandemic radically to numbers we've never seen so they're using helium balloons probably mylar construction and then they have their rigging that sits under it they've got two um solar panels like this and then all the rigging is stacked up in there like an erector set wow. and then they have a laser sighting on all four sides that locks in with the other one that say i don't know 30 kilometers that way or 100 kilometers that way and it locks in and they lock and laser sight in with each other and then that way they can form a grid so it looks to me like what they're trying to do is they're actually trying to make the satellite thing real now so that they can use all their communications up there rather than ground-based communications so we were all lied to that our phone was doing some kind of a thing with a satellite it doesn't it goes from a tower the tower goes obviously to cables under the earth and and uh, fiber optics now they're trying to make it so that we can't stop them because they're up there now why don't you see them and the answer is is because you can't see that far you just can't see that far. that's the answer right. you just can't you see, can't that see you can't you can't render it you yeah. can't render it. your pixelation of your you eyes allow see. you to render it yeah. Yeah, because let's say a jet you're looking up a jet a jet is say 12 kilometers up there okay at 12 kilometers you can't see something the size of a small refrigerator hmm. you just can't you just can't so it's invisible to your eye yeah that's why the old idea of looking at the sun and they say it's going over the curve it's just going out of you know, and then they put the it's going out of your so yeah. you start having a rendering problem and that's why the sun deforms and does weird things at the horizon the horizon is doesn't exist it's created inside your eye yeah yeah. You create the horizon. There is no horizon. It's inside of you. Before we go, and I love, uh, man, I'm just having so much fun, but I have to go to an appointment. I know you probably have to go too, but before we go, let's talk a little bit about longevity. You used to have a place called Longevity Warehouse. You talked a lot about longevity, and this is one of my, my real pet projects this lifetime, just to check it out and say, well, how long can we really keep these bodies, you know? I mean, come on. And, uh, and I'm writing a book, well, fifth draft and it's called it takes a long time to get young thanks to you i stole that from you that title years ago because i first time i heard it you said it but as they say right you know as, as they say uh you know good artists how does it say good artists borrow and great artists steal so i stole that one from you david and but anyway so i never did believe in time and i just don't the whole aging thing has always been like i, I think it's all made up and you know what, David Wolf, to this day, after after I've, I've, I've learned that I'm just sitting on this thing, that there is no time, and there's no reason in the world, unless I create time, and I just want to see how you think about this, unless I create time in my mind, right, next Tuesday is, and I create time space, why would the body age? Why would it age? If it's just sitting there, right, there's no time, and we don't believe in time, which we control the body, we're soul, why would it age? Why would it? Well, I think, I think one is this thing that I was talking about earlier, that meme about magicians, yeah. is they, they get a collective agreement of like, you're supposed to, this is supposed to happen at this age, and that's supposed to happen at of that course, age. Of course, and, yeah. and there's there's a resonance field that that creates that is actually causing people to fall into those patterns. And so... This was one of the wonderful gifts of Leonard Orris. He was always like, "You have to, you have to drive off those resonant fields, yes, yeah. right, of what everyone's beliefs are about aging." So you have to basically break the habit of thinking like 
what we've been programmed to think. So that's one of one of the ways. The other is is that there is a recycling element in nature because nature wants to make room for the new. And so we have to then get clever enough to understand what those recycling elements are. Again, one element is the materialism, materialist explanations, and reducing everything to an algorithm. That's the aramonic deception. The other one being the luciferic, the escapism. Right. So one is kind of like the Western businessman. The other is the guru that you're trying to escape, you know, your life and just give your soul over to a guru or something yeah. like that. And we have to we have to work between those forces to purify ourselves so that we don't fall into any of those strange attractors. Now, one of the ways that I do that, that it's a really powerful way to work on all of that at once is what I'm doing right now, which is a water fast. Oh. I'm on day three of a water fast. Oh. And the only thing I'm taking is water, lemon little bit of sea salt for electrolytes and uh, and charcoal and that's really been wonderful and that and then why why do you do that well there is the physical part of the healing and just de-inflaming your system and giving your body a rest and all that but the other is is that you really can't fast and like keep running your normal life if you're buying into the belief systems of everybody else you just can't you just can't yeah you can't it just you can't you at some point, you, you know, some little things. I mean, oh, you don't know, no, you, your energy. You, you need food, and all I have to do is lay down for twenty minutes. My energy is right back up. I'm right back up, and I'm ready. I'm back at it. And so, the, the fasting deletes belief systems really effectively, and that's what we do a lot of. We guide people towards being able to do a water fast or juice feast, and just figure out these other sources of energy, which are really profound that aren't coming from materialism or escapism. Do you think that the fasting deletes it because you as soul see a, a belief system that, wow, I didn't know that was even there, and then you let it go. I think that's how it works. That's I, how it works. I think that's how You're it works. It. You face it. You just go, you well, well I don't want to believe that. It. What do I, I don't need that one anymore. <laughs> and you let it go. And you let it go. Yeah, and it just also helps you to detach from believing yeah. things too. Like, sure. I like probabilities better. I think the probability it could be this, well, it could be that, and the probability it could be this, and it could be that. And that's why I like the flat Earth so much, is because it just allows me to explore different possibilities that are extraordinary sources of energy. And I, I just want to emphasize that again. You mentioned that, like how as soon as you got into the flat Earth, you just dug in, you just stayed up all night and. All of this energy, where did it come from? Yeah. It came from your curiosity, the investigative consciousness, the, the mystery. That's a tremendous source of energy that fasting automatically attunes you to. Now, let, let me just show you how crazy this is and before, right. before we break this call. Okay. This, you know, this is Herman Melville's book, you know, Moby Dick, that sure. was written, in, I think, in 1849. So I'm, I just start reading it. This is a couple of weeks ago. I just got into it. And I was on page 25. And I opened to this. This is what it says on page 25 of Moby Dick. And, he, and what happened was is the character, Ishmael, had a dream. And mm -hmm. in his dream, this was in his dream. So this is unrelated to the context of this book. Grand contested election for the presidency of the United States. Bloody battle in Afghanistan. Whoa. Just for no reason. It's there. No reason at all. And that was, I read that when that was all happening. And I was like, this is, this got to be kidding like how is that possible 18 how is that possible wow 1849 because the great works of literature are encoded they're encoded with the present which is ever ever present which is also the future and the past yeah yeah because these and, these folks and, were downloading the way it is right the way life is that's right the way it all works and they put it in the stories and they whatever yeah moby dick is like that's one why of the they're most, such classics yeah huge spiritual i mean there's no 
There's no great works of literature that is not about who we are, why we are, what we are, right? That's what they're all about. That's what they're all about. I've never read any the, of them. The but energy I, I got from, from reading that, when I read that, I was like, the mystery of how that could be in that book at that moment when all that was happening. Because I right. just started reading this book a few weeks back. I just was like, I can't, I can't <laughs> believe it. Well, it's just one but big blob of now, right? It's just one big blob of now. You know that. Yes, right? the, cosmic know the, co the cosmic jelly. The cosmic jelly. I like it. It's the cosmic, organic jelly, I guess. I have to run, but it's just such an honor to have you on. You were just so much fun to talk to. And, you know, sometimes I think about you and, I, and I start to, I'm going to start to cry now. It's like, it's like I've known you forever, you know, past lives. And it's just... It's just so you're one of my heroes. We're gonna come out. We're gonna come out and see you. Come I'll on, be out in yeah. your area. Actually, I'll be at Casa de Luz. You know the little sure, restaurant there. I know in, it very uh, well. On on October 16th, that night, oh. which is coming up. I mean, that's ten days away. I'll come so and do that. See if you can come down. I will. It's not far. 16th. You gonna play your in the band? Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna be playing the drums. The band. The, we call ourselves the best band ever, just because everybody <laughs> gets to be in the band, so the audience can join in and sing with us. And we like to get everybody dancing and moving, and it's really cool. It's a great place. It's one of my favorite macro neurotic places out there. They they got great food. You know, it's it's terrific. October. I will see you then. I'm gonna. I just wrote it down, brother. Thank you. I love you. And uh, go to davidwolf.com. Visit him on Telegram. And I'm going to get on that black sheep thing. How often do you do that? I want to learn about these crypto things. We, the next one is coming up December. Jesus, I think it's, I have to look at the calendar. But it's like December 10th, okay. 9th, 10th, 11th. Hold on, let me just look. It's it's 10th, 11th, 12th. 10th, December wow. 10th, 11th, and 12th. Yeah, and we'd love to have you in there. And it's it's a lot of fun. And I will see you soon. And love you tons. And thanks so much for Thank the, you so much. the great show. What an honor. And keep, keep, uh, keep on keeping on fighting for freedom and having the best day ever. I sure will, brother. Thank you, sir. Take care of yourself. Okay, Patrick Timponi, bye-bye. Uh, may the blessings be. Aloha. David Wolf, Patrick Timponi, OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, I have to get out of here, too. I have a little uh, appointment I have to get to. Wasn't that fun? So pass on these links to everyone that you care about. Don't forget, all of our uh, videos are now on BitChute. You can go up to BitChute, and this will be up in a couple of hours, and then uh, like it, and then also you can sign up, subscribe, hit the bell. And then you will be notified every time we put a new uh, video up there. Okay. Yeah, I got to go to a little appointment. And uh, so I will see you Friday, Friday at uh, 10 o'clock. And uh, if you'd like to get any of these videos that we talk about on the non-movable, non-spinning, flat earth kind of thing, just uh, email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. And I'll be happy to send them to you. Uh, we will be streaming another video called The Convex, Convex Earth, uh, the documentary. I actually can start streaming that right now. And if you, you've got any questions about the Earth being other than, I mean, you watch this, I guarantee you, you watch this, um, this documentary and there's no way that you'd ever come away saying, well, you know, the Earth is round. You just can't do it. These people, uh, scientists from Brazil, seven years uh, to prove that the Earth was round, and guess what? They proved that it wasn't. Pretty fascinating stuff. So you might as well come on board. It's where we're all going to learn the truth about where we live, and if we don't understand where we live and really understand it without believing in some mystical, then we're just going to keep believing in, 
in magic, as David talked about. All right, so I love you kids. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourself. We'll see you on Friday on OneRadioNetwork.com. Thanks for your support. Uh, See you soon. Bye. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.